up? What up? Toby Toes? You want to do the honors of this uh, introduction with the return? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to volume two of the... I was... Whoa, that was weird. I was about to say the Gitastic Cypher. No, (laughs) this is that canon, folks. We are back. Now, to you, it might not seem like it's been two seasons, but to us, we've taken a long break between the first season, the first volume, and the second volume. Um, And today we're back with... uh, I think we did Batman a few times or a couple times last season or last volume. I'm going to keep saying season and volume at the same time because (laughs) I'm rusty, folks. It's been a while. Um, Yeah, Yeah, we did Batman and Teenage uh, Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, Oh, that's right. Yeah. So today we're going to be doing Batman the White Knight. But before we start, how have you guys been? Well, uh, I was just explaining to (laughs) this lovely room that I made the mistake. So we were supposed to do this issue a few months back. And I made the mistake of watching Gotham, the series, in between (laughs) when we were supposed to do this and now. And that has tainted... He's all bitter, folks. He's that has bitter. tainted <laughs> Batman and the Gotham universe for me in a way that is just insanely impossible. Like, I'm that's, that's so annoyed. Terrible. I'm so, so annoyed no, you with can't even watch. You can't even watch a Titan show with an open mind anymore. No, I, well, I watched a Titan <laughs> show already, actually. I watched the pilot and uh-huh. was... I mean, I was oh, disappointed. That's not in the, good. I that's was disappointed. A face. <laughs> but I was disappointed in the pilot, and you guys know me. I have. I'm very specific. I like when things, the base logic of a situation, is applied. Just the right. minimal logic. Right. So I can tell. I'll tell you guys this one thing: when there's a camera in a police station and it's set up behind the light fixture, so that the light fixture blocks the door. So you can't see who walks into a room. Something that small seems really fucking stupid to me. Mm. That is pretty stupid. Yeah. So something like that, something that small. And I know, I don't know if they did it because, you know, they did it on purpose or if it's just that that was a room they got and that's just how it was set up. I don't know. But for something that small, it, it just made me really mad. I was just like, that's, that's just a really dumb set. Like what kind of police station has a camera behind the light fixture so that when someone walks into a room you can't see who it is like that's a that's a huge oversight like why is there even a camera there yeah so and and the things that happen around that situation because of that made me so mad because i was just like well this doesn't make sense now because there's a whole that's also that's also lazy writing yeah exactly and that's my pet peeve these days and this is what i think ethan hawk was saying because ethan hawk did an interview recently where he was asked about logan and he said how logan's not that good of a movie and people harped on him and he was saying no here's the thing i think logan's one of the better ones of the superhero movies but my problem is we've become so accustomed to this standard that when someone does something slightly better we go ooh and ah when it's actually not that good and our standards for the superhero stuff, because we never got it before, is so low that when people are writing these shows, they 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 just don't care. And that scene in Titans that exactly I'm talking that. about, and a few other things they did, like there's three things they do specifically that I'm like, that is such lazy storytelling and lazy. Is, application. It, is it gonna be a spoiler if you mention yeah. what it is? Um, no, you know what? No, I don't think this this one thing isn't a spoiler. At one point, Starfire uses her powers. Okay. In a room, Starfire's mm-hmm. power, she lights the whole room 
Okay. Okay. The one thing she needed in the room doesn't get destroyed. Mm. Everything else in the room. That's her concentrating dog. No, nah, man. <laughs> no, see, it, like no. if I could, if I could explain more, I would. But it just there's a scene. She uses her powers. The whole room lights on fire. She walks over and she picks up what she needs. And I look and I'm like, no, that makes absolutely no sense. There are things in the room that had a lower burning, like. I'm not a fucking scientist, but I know <laughs> basics. There are things in the room that had a higher point of burn than right. this item that were destroyed. But you this mean they're more they're they're more resistant to like yeah combustion. to heat yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. like a it's like okay. there's like a steel trash can and she's going after a piece of paper but the piece of paper like survives and the steel trash can <laughs> is pulled into the ground. <laughs> I didn't much. say it. I did not say it. But thank I did, you. I did not watch it. So if I'm you spoiling something, you didn't I'm watch it. But just from my description, you figured out that paper survived a fucking inferno, and that Go, is going back. <laughs> going back to Ethan Hawke's statement real quick. Though. Yeah. I understand where he's coming from, and I definitely do see it where, like, for example, Venom, we spoke about this on Geektastic not mm-hmm. too long ago, yeah. and that is a little bit of an example of lazy writing. Though it was entertaining and fun to watch, Yes, that is an example of what he's talking about. I don't mm-hmm. think Logan should be grouped in that slightly better uh, phase uh, because it's not necessarily a superhero movie. It's a guy. It's about a guy with powers and yeah, you know, people being devastated. Though. Right, but it is a comic book movie, but it's not along the same lines as the Avengers almost, or like, yeah. you know, any DCEU movie. It's, it's more grounded in reality, kind of. Yeah, right? but, the th- but the thing is, though, it seems that there's certain actors uh, that just don't like the whole... Cause like, exactly. like superheroes are becoming like the new Western, new like action, eighties, nineties action thing. Like for example, yeah. I know Jodie Foster, she actually had a very interesting argument and I, I, I read it and I was like, this is very cool, but like, Hmm, I don't know if I agree with it. Mm. She was just saying like, because of these comic book movies, the standards of making good movies are going down because everyone wants like, because yeah. especially like Marvel, it's like, you get everything, you get your action, you get your comedy, you get everything's like in the flash in the pan. So if someone's trying to do like a deep, storied movie no one goes to see it in the theaters you might have people who get take it out on netflix or or whatever but like those are those movies are being oversight because like oh it's not meeting all the checklist checklist boxes you know what i mean which i get Mm. that but at the same time it's like yo man don't rag on my like my childhood (laughs) but you know what i I, and i I, and i agree with them that's the that's the kind of crazy part i understand what they're saying because it's someone who's and i think we all have we've all like consumed movies on mass right we all watch a lot of movies we all you know read a lot of comic books and i think when we watch these movies we can tell there was a period and i think if anything what happened is and like you were saying it all moved to netflix and hbo like the quality of a storytelling of storytelling you know game of thrones stuff like that those those are all you don't need I guess because I don't need my movies to be that level, I just want my movie to be two hours of whatever. But when I want deep storytelling, I'll turn to Game of Thrones. I'll turn to Westworld. I'll -hmm. turn like, I, you know, those are the type of shows now that are giving me my kicks and my like, oh. And and the reason why is because they're not movies. Yeah, you know, they they're, they're actually have the time to develop characters and write them out and not actually squeeze so much into a two-hour block because you feel like you need to put everything in, right? 
But that's the problem. Movies used to be able to do that. What happened? Why are movies not able to develop a character and tell us a story in two hours like they used to? That's it's weird. because they're using an IP that's well-known. There's such a plethora of information. Sometimes just having so much information is also a yeah. detriment to your project, but, I find, too, right? But the thing is now, now, and I think because, you know, as as stories evolve, so does storytelling, right? And so does, like the audience is interest mm. in those storytellings. I find, for example, very often when you have a really good movie, uh, which is a deep movie, the problem is, is like you wanted to know more about this character, about this character, whereas now, such as, you know, Game of Thrones is a great example. Mm. You have this nice time frame of basically, as long as your show does well, of course, and you could see how far your show is going, so you don't have to abruptly cut anything. Mm you're able to go into the deep aspects that maybe you wouldn't have done in a movie. Like, uh, oh. for example, if you were to do Fight Club now, you would learn about everybody. It would be like Lost. You'd learn a little bit about every guy who joined the Fight Club fight. Mm -hmm. And then maybe eventually you'd get to the point where you'd find out, oh, wait, Bad Pitt is really Edward Norton, blah, 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 blah. But are you saying like, as a movie or as a show? Because I'm saying like, like now, if they were to try and do Fight Club now, I think they would have, like, let's say Fight Club never existed. Yeah. And, they and then tried to do it now. I'd imagine you'd end up being picked up as like a season or a two season oh, yeah. show I as opposed to that. a movie, right? But, I would yeah. love but, Again, if that was never like, imagine that though, right? Like that's like your reaction is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's I, why I it can't think, be think, done anymore. I think it sucks because for those of us who actually enjoy storytelling and seeing things unfold, yeah, we're being grouped in with this new, this thought or or this illusion that the new generation has a very short attention span and they just need more action and things happening now, 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 now. They don't like to actually see things develop. That's why a lot of movies are being made that way now. Yeah. I think, in my opinion, there's just no no meat to the story a lot of the times anymore. But that's just that's just society now. Like that could be applied to so many aspects. And I'm not gonna I could yeah. go on a big tangent about this, but like the world is all about Insta gratification, dude. Even like yeah, which the sucks. the social whether you want to say social in regards to to meeting up with friends, meeting up to work colleagues, going out, dating, all that type of stuff. It's all Insta gratification. If you don't meet a need, then the person just moves on. It's but very, there's a reason why we always quote these classic movies and these things. And they're, they're, it wasn't even that long ago, like Aviator, for example. Even though you kind of, if you could look it up, it's based on a true story. Um, sorry, not Aviator, but Catch Me If You Can, for example. Oh, yeah, that was good story, But it was, still, it was still, yeah, the storytelling was still there. Uh, usual Suspects. Yeah. There was like all these things happening and that you thought was the main story. And then at the end, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. No, you know, there's, there's no element of surprise anymore. I feel like I watch a movie now. 85% of the time, I know exactly beat for beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or where it's going already. Oh, yeah. I'm not even surprised for me anymore. That's why when like, I was... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll let you, I'll let you say that. Yeah, yeah. But that's why when I was watching Venom and I told you guys about that scene where the, the car pulls off, it's because I'm not necessarily watching. <laughs> <what's>... <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah, watching yeah, yeah. everything else around the story now because the story itself, like the dialogue is not even yeah, intriguing. You're like, like I know like, exactly it, where... The, the, yeah. these, are, these points are going exactly it's a it's connected kinda, dot it's a, yeah you're just like yeah. <laughs> my attention my attention is elsewhere a lot of the times in movies now which i guess that's where we're at you know? well and i mean that's what tells that's what that's what i was telling you guys last time like when i was watching impulse and i i mean i feel like i can spoil it at this point yeah it's a great show by the way great show. i can't wait Never for it not gonna but like one of the points where the character kills the other character where no the character mm -hmm. kills himself Remember I right. told you I, I applauded at work? I was like, I was on my yeah. break and I just started applauding because I was like, because they don't do stuff like that anymore. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing with Star Trek, um, Star Trek Discovery, Discovery, when you find out 
so-and-so is so-and-so and it's all been a setup and I was just like and I applauded again because I was like, well done. I did not see that coming. Is that a good show? Yeah, it's very good. Where, where I like it. I like where that. is it placed in the timeline? See, oh, it's before uh, the original series. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, yeah. But is it before the original series and before? Ten years before. Okay, so it's so it's before that, but after that one with that guy from Quantum Leap. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you're talking Star Trek Enterprise yeah, with that, Scott I, Bakula. Yeah. And then, yes, yeah. that's this one. Kudos to you for knowing his name. Yeah. yeah. I used to love that dude. He's awesome. Quantum Leap's the show. I loved it when he was a girl. Like, he would always be putting, like, kids or girl bodies. And he's just like, God damn it, not again. Yeah, yeah. He's like, How do I do this? We get, uh, we get a little Spock in season two, which should be exciting. Yeah, we get Christopher Pike. We get everything. I think we're supposed to see most of what happened on the Enterprise right before Kirk takes over. Oh, cool. Kirk, yeah. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, man. Um, yeah, all that to say, Batman. Yeah, let's do <laughs> that, was, this. that was a nice, like, you know, like, it felt like uh, coming back to school right there. I know, yeah, yeah. catching up, catching up. You haven't seen your friends all summer, now you guys get to tell <laughs> you. Look at my cool duds, guys. Seen during the summer. Um, so I guess we'll start the way we normally do with the, um, not the elevator pitch, but just the byline, the tagline for the actual comic book. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I have two of them open here, actually. Mm, this one is for the White Knight issue number one. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I don't in think the they, world, released, they released the eight as a trade yet. Um, no. Okay. But there's sorry. actually like a summary of uh, the White Knight as well that I found that I'll, I guess I'll do a quick little read of. Um, so here's the little synopsis. Yeah. In a world where Batman has gone too far, the Joker must save Gotham City. He's been called a maniac, a killer and the clown prince of crime. But White Knight? Never. Until now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Every time Toby does it, he's you're very, like, dramatic. <laughs> no, it, yeah. that, I mean, I wasn't laughing at the dramatic read. That was wonderful. I was laughing more at just the idea of the Joker being a White Knight. White Knight, yeah. Because, like, like so. as soon as I read the story, my first thought was, What's the angle? Someone I know the Joker's not actually good, so yeah, yeah. Um, okay, you want to? No, we before we started this podcast, yeah. we were actually talking about heroes and season two where uh, Siler goes good and Peter Petrelli goes bad. Yeah, this is literally I feel like where they drew um, that inspiration from <laughs> oh. a, l- a little bit. So I'll read the second one before we go into the elevator pitch. Yeah, cool, cool. Uh, set in a world where the Joker is cured of his insanity and homicidal tendencies. The Joker, now known as Jack Napier, sets about trying to right his wrongs. First, he plans to reconcile with Harley Quinn, and then he'll try to save the city from the one person who he thinks is truly Gotham's greatest villain, Batman. Interesting. Um, elevator pitch, guys. Who wants Dave? to go first? Yeah, Dave, you go oh, first. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Give us that I always feel like I, I'm the one who goes first, but you guys have bad things to say. <laughs> well, that's um, probably why it's best to get it out there. It's not fair. <laughs> Biased motherfucker here watching Gotham and hating life afterwards. Um, okay, so uh, so if I had an elevator pitch, I'd just simply look uh, at the guy in the, in, in the elevator and be like, yo, what if, uh, what if we do a, a what-if scenario where um, Joker actually is sane? And decided to do decide to become insane in order to protect Gotham from Batman. Uh, also had an obs- his obsession with Batman so strong that he wanted to get closer to him. So that's why he did it. And then he finally gets fed up about Batman and his bullshit. And he's like, you know what? 
I'm taking the Pepsi challenge. Make me normal again, and I'll save Gotham. That's basically it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I think mine would be... Oh, man. So many things I want to say, but uh, I'll keep it simple. Mine is, hell hath no fury like a villain scorned. Ooh. That's, that's, it, it's it. That's essentially Not it. sure. <laughs> Batman Joker. Mm, uh, <laughs> yeah. You have to add that in. Yeah, that, that, that person ha, ha, in the elevator is not going to know what you're yeah, talking about. <laughs> Hell hath no fury like a villain scorned. The Joker's tale. And then, <laughs> there you go. And then, and then the guy's just like, what? And I just like, think about it. For all the years that the Joker has been Batman's true blue ace boon coon villain from the, <laughs> from the, from the get go, he's always wanted to be the best he's always depicted as the one who he has actually gone out of his way to stop other people from killing batman because it's either i don't want him dead because i like playing with him or i don't want him dead because i'm the one that's going to get to kill him no one else gets to so he's so possessive he's like a possessive lover and what happens when you realize that this person doesn't actually love you back you're not special to him. You don't mean what you think you mean to him. It's not a game of tit for tat. The whole time, it's been you're obsessed with him, thinking he's obsessed with you, and he's actually been trying to stop you. It hasn't been this lover's quarrel that you've made up in your head. So hell hath no fury like a villain scorned the Joker's tale. Yeah, I think I'm, and, oh, that was really Doc, good. See? And as Doc See? is finishing up his elevator pitch, Toby comes in the elevator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm not going to top that, but I'm going to say at the same time, <laughs> Batman also acts like an angsty teenager in this yes. as well. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. You Peace. Know you, I, like, I like the idea that you don't even stay on the elevator. You like, it opens, you jump and say it, and then it's about to close. You put your hand, you and get out, you're like, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> like take a little bow as the elevator doors are closing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. That's great. Yeah, so that's uh, that's it. There you go. And before we get into the discussion of the comic book itself, we're going to go with our favorite segment. <laughs> Personally, one of my favorite segments on any podcast I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Judgment Call. And uh, I'll let Mr. Kojil, as usual, tell us what this is all about. Well, Judgment Call is uh, our segment where we pit two characters against each other. Uh, each person has uh, three minutes to fight for their right for their character to be in the spotlight. And this week, I believe Toby is going to be the judge. That's uh, right. And I'll be going head to head with Doc. Uh, well, it's always judge's call about who goes first. I, I suggest the dancer go first. No one can see this, but... I like this a lot. If we had like a meme for this, this should be the gif of the show right now with what <laughs> oh, Doc's doing. All right. So I guess with that said, um, Doc will go ahead and go first and tell us why his character deserves more shine. And uh, you'll get two minutes to do so. It's or, two or three. No, no, it's three. three. It's three. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to go. Back. Okay, cool. If so you don't we'll use them all, you don't have to use them all. Let, Let me... me get my stopwatch. Let me know when. Let me know when. Three, two, one, go. Hey, everybody. So my name is Brian Doc Holiday, and I want to talk to you today about a character that has never gotten the right amount of shine. Her name is Monica Rambeau, and she currently goes by Spectrum Photon. Actually, who knows? Why? Because the writers don't write her properly. Here's the problem. 
Now, a lot of people were saying, oh, we need the MCU to have its first strong female character, Captain Marvel. And what did they do? They skipped over the original and went straight to the blonde, blue-eyed Aryan princess. God bless America, whose color scheme reflects that of a true blue flag with red and a golden star instead of the white one. Because, God damn it, we got color and we're going to do it. But guess what? There was someone sitting in the background, a black woman, who wore a black and white superhero Captain Marvel suit who fought and defended this planet against many a person but never had the right story written for them. The best version of the character we've gotten recently that I've seen is who a partner as uh, someone on a team. She's part of the ultimate with Black Panther, Blue Marvel, again, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, and uh, Amer Miss America, uh, America, what's her name? Vasquez. And all, all this to say is when you're writing this character, she's always just been a part of something. For God's sakes, they had her in Marvel's Divas. That was their weird Sex in the City line that they did with Patsy and a whole bunch of other second-rate characters. When she's actually one of the most powerful characters. There's one time where she fights Thanos and stops him because she stops the electrical impulses in his brain with her powers. You have someone that powerful and you don't use them properly, it's because you don't know how to write them and you're not giving writers the opportunity to write them well. I feel like what they do is they throw in when they think they have a situation that they don't know how to handle and they have this whole thing about lights and it's cool, but they're not writing a good character. She has amazing powers, she has an amazing history, she's done amazing things, she can handle herself in a fight against someone like Thanos. Guys, you need to give her more shine because right now what you're doing is making her the first of all the, they're making her the girlfriend the blue marvel i i'm yo i'm all for black love but we don't need it right now we need strong characters who are independent and can do their own thing don't just tie her together don't just put her down with someone don't make her second fiddle don't make her the secondary character to movie or even the grandchild or child to a character bring her to the light and give her her shine sorry i got really amped at the end there wowzers that was uh, two minutes and 30 seconds. That was awesome, go. dude. I don't need the other 30 seconds to explain why she's wonderful and <laughs> excellent and beautiful and well-drawn. Um, All right, Dave. <laughs> you ready to go? I need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Just a second. Three, two, All right. one. All right, so who I'm going to bring up to the, to the plate today, I'm going to be bringing up Andrea Beaumont better known as the Phantasm from Mask of the Phantasm. So what do we know about this character? It was brought into us from Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, obviously I picked this character because of the uh, the book we're covering today, but she was first brought into us uh, in the 1990s, uh, introduced through the Batman animated series movie. Uh, she, What is her background? She is the first true love of Bruce Wayne. She is his first ex-fiance, which if he had married her, he would not have become Batman. Uh, she, her background is that she comes from a wealthy family, in which case her dad was doing dealings with the mob. He's tried to screw over the mob. They had to run away. When they ran away, what happens? They paid them all back their money because they were like, we know we fucked up. We just want to live. So we'll run away, pay you back your money. They pay them back money. But what happens? The mob is the mob. They're jealous. They're jackasses. They kill them anyways. So what happens? Years and years and years go by. And then all of a sudden, the, so those same mob bosses are just dying left, right and center. And who is it? It's quote unquote Batman because she's good enough to be able to plot things to make it so that everyone thinks that it's Batman. She then kills the entire mob. 
then goes on to face the Joker and Batman. She deciphers who Batman is on her own. She not only fights the Joker, but lives. Want to put that out there? She lives. Then we basically don't hear anything about her. She's sporadically put into comic books, just more as like an image. And then the end, what's her only other thing that we know of? She was hired by Amanda Waller to try and create the new Batman, Batman Beyond, Terry McGinnis. And she then goes up to Amanda Waller of all people and says, fuck you, I'm not going to do this because it's insane to kill another kid's uh, parents and fucks off. So what I'm interested to know is if your first mission is to take on Batman and the Joker and you win, basically, with the exception of not actually killing Joker, and you're so good that at the end of your career, it's to create the new Batman. I want to know what happens in between, because if that's your stock, that means you did some interesting fucking shit in between. And if you were able to influence those two things, what else has she done? What other uh, stones has she turned and what has she done to other people to mold them how they are today? Boom. Wow, guys. Way to make my job hard today. Yeah, that's fair. That's crazy. Good job, man. Thank you. Uh, okay, so first up, we have Captain Marvel or Monica but Rambeau. Do we not get our minute? Or yeah, 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 yeah. We get a minute to to harass See, each other. See, I'm so rusty. I'm like skipping ahead. <laughs> look at look at the outline, bro. Look at the outline. You guys were on it. <laughs> um, let me flip a coin here. Doc, heads or tails? Tails. Always tails. Heads. Dave, go first. All right. So tell me, we got my minute. Wait, what's her name again? Dad. Oh, if you forgot, that's a... Okay, it's Rambo. That's all I'm worried right. It's Ready? Monica, but <laughs> I paid attention. At least. All right, okay, no, okay. So seriously, Monica Rambo, you want to know why the writers were lazy about it? Because no one gives a shit. Uh, at the end of the day, I see your points. Uh, cool, you took on Thanos, but you know what? Everyone's taken on Thanos at one point in time. Deadpool took on Thanos. And what? Yeah. Yeah, he actually fights him for, for death's love, and yeah, he wins. Um, so she, yeah, sure... Thanos, good good job, a little notch, who cares? The reason why she's not important is because just like why Sentry is not important, it's boring to have an OP character. Uh, if you have too many in the Marvel DC, in the Marvel U, it ends up getting boring. They have too many. I agree there's the need for more women characters. Uh, it would be nice that there's also diversity with her being an African-American. But you know what? You try, you try, you try. If you never hit the ball, you're never going to get a home run. That's why she's not been brought to the table. Uh, she's so forgettable that I could barely remember the things that you were saying. Not because it wasn't interesting points that you were bringing up. It's because no one cares. Hmm. And frankly, I'm tired of all this Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel. Is it DC? Is it Marvel? That's where they screwed up. Make a nice original character without banking on something else. All right. One minute, five seconds, Doc. That's how long you get. Perfect. And go. There's a reason that no one told the story in between the time from where they were to where they ended up. Like you just said, no one gives a fuck. I don't care what she did or how Amanda Waller used her because I don't care about anyone that comes along, fights, and then goes off like a ghost. Because guess what? Your name was Phantasm, so just be a ghost. Be out there and don't do anything interesting. For all we know, she sat in a room, watched TV her whole life, and never did anything else. And that would just not be an interesting story to tell. And what, we're going to create stories for her? We don't have to. There's a reason no one wanted to write anymore. She's not interesting. Just because you can fight Batman, uh, uh, same as you with your point about Thanos, everyone's fought Batman. A lot of people have survived Batman. Why do you think his rogue gallery still exists? And taking on the Joker, Batman literally takes that motherfucker on every week and still hasn't killed him. No one's killed the Joker. Her. that's not all that interesting that she did these things that 
everyone in Batman's universe has done. Everyone has done it multiple times, except for Todd, who comes back from the dead to fight him again. So even the All dead right. ones come back. One minute and five seconds. There you go. <laughs> point was the first. Was the first oh, wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is, what is this? <laughs> Making points afterwards. I don't care. No one heard you. So you want to get, get some time to duck it up your next time there, uh, Dave. Um, okay. <laughs> Rebel without a cause over here. I know. Uh, <laughs> going back to Monica Rambeau, she is, like I said before, Paul Sar, the original Captain Marvel after Marvel's death. Yeah. Um, I agree um, that they actually had a chance here to bring someone new in, someone who probably has a different angle in terms of storytelling. Versus a typical, you know, white Southern girl from, you know, Smallville, America. Um, now, that said, though, I am interested to see how they tell the tale of this Captain Marvel. Oh, agreed. Um, the agreed. trailer itself wasn't very overwhelming or very uh, enticing, in my opinion. Yeah. But obviously, we're fans and we're still going to go see it. Yeah. She punches an old um, baby. I'm still very excited for that movie, by the way. I wasn't saying she doesn't deserve shine. I was just saying you skipped over somebody. But it, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now the whole going back to the whole dead. I'm going to say your arguments at the same time as well. Saying that Deadpool fought Thanos and you know he won as well. I mean, Deadpool can't die. He's not stronger than Thanos, mm -hmm. so he didn't necessarily beat Thanos. <laughs> that said, Stops him. Thanos could crush him and he'd just come back. If anything, he'd wear Thanos out, and Thanos would be like, "All right, I'm going to come back for you like later." Um, now going back to Andrea Beaumont, Mask of the Phantasm is definitely in my top five best Batman movies, animated movies, um, simply because of how intriguing and how well thought out and planned her, you know, her, uh, her plan for mm -hmm. lack of a better word was, mm -hmm. um, she definitely took her time. You can tell that after her father's death, she plotted mm -hmm. this whole thing. She was smart enough to figure out who Batman was, um, you know, surviving the blaze at the end with her and the Joker, leaving him a clue. Well, not well, leaving him a clue, but he's dumb enough not to realize it's a clue. Uh, the locket at the end. Um, huh. <laughs> we had to make it hard for you in the first one back. Buddy. I know. I know. <laughs> everything, I've, everything I've been saying is because I actually like both these stories. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because Marvel is winning right now. In terms of everything. Okay. And DC hasn't had a chance to really get a lot right since the Dark Knight series. True. Um, I am going to give Andrea Beaumont her time in the spotlight today. Very fair. Very because fair. I am very curious as to the in-between stories. And honestly, what she does after surviving. Does she go somewhere else? Agreed. Does she come mm -hmm. back? I would love to see a little bit more of that story fleshed out. And seeing as she is the one woman, I think that Batman actually would have dropped everything for yes um she's his kryptonite for lack of a better word Ooh. andrea beaumont is our winner today there you go thank you good job uh, sir. i was very very well well done well, well done well. i was gonna say uh it was hard to defend against that because i generally do find it would be interesting to tell the story between point a and point b uh, yeah. I mean, I said we don't care, but that I, yeah. we're debating. So. Yeah, we're just hating on <laughs> yeah. each other. But I mean, but... at the end of the day, it is interesting because if she's the one that's being brought in by Amanda Waller, it is true. What have you been doing? Mm, Why is exactly. it that a Waller is leaning on you? 
Is it because you know everything about Bruce and you know the things that need to be done to make another mm-hmm. Bruce better than anyone else? Also, She's why does smart. yeah, why does Waller know so much too? Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. So there's like I, I'd be down to see, you know, like was Phantasm secretly working with the Suicide Squad? Like in the background the whole time. You never know. All these yes. very like, interesting all submission. Like very. they could be doing missions and she's doing the yeah. real mission. Like there's a lot. And that would be very interesting to see. And th- just the fact that she stands up to like, because like I, I, I won't lie. I watched because of doing this. I was like, hey, I'm going to watch. I watched both the movie and that episode from mm-hmm. uh, Justice League Unlimited again. Yeah. And you see, it's not just like, oh, she screws off. She like goes up to Amanda Waller and gets in her face. You're like, yo, where's that Where's that neck bomb that's gonna about to go yeah, off and yeah. kill you, you know? Like, that was in my head. And, like, the fact that she did that, I was like... You know what would be really cool, guys? If James What's Gunn that? heard this episode and worked her into oh a script for Suicide Squad God. 2. Just saying! Incredible. So this is dated uh, <laughs> yeah. October, October 13th. So if this okay. shit happens, we we <laughs> called it, gentlemen. We said it. We're, we're prophets. <laughs> It wouldn't Making be crazy. A note of that as we speak. It wouldn't be too crazy. No. It would not be Speaking too crazy. Speaking of which, I hope he saves my show, my movie, my characters. I hope yeah, he saves. I, think, I hope he saves. I hope they make him the director, actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I okay with him writing. Uh, my thing is, one of the things I'm wondering is, is if he does that good of a job, are they going to try and reestablish the DCEU? Because right now, my understanding is that they've given up on the idea of a, of a connected universe. Well, you know they have. It's because they just, again, they didn't plan anything out. Yeah. So coming from someone who actually has experience with a planned out universe and potentially is thinking five, four, three, I don't know how many series ahead. Yeah. It's possible that they actually start. But organically. Yeah. Not forcibly like you have, mm. but organically work in a connected universe. But you know what the problem with DC was compare if we're going to really like take a tangent for a moment and compare. The mm. real problem was is that Marvel, whether it was Marvel underneath actually Marvel or it was Marvel under Fox, Marvel under Sony, under blah, blah, blah. Right. There was a, like what you had at least three X-Men movies out. You had the Wolverine movie out. You had Blade. Right. You had three Spider-Mans. You had two yeah. Fantastic Fours. You had a lot of movies to like, okay, people, we we know how to make superhero movies now. Mm. Now let's, now that we know how to do that and we, everyone's made all these mistakes, Especially mm-hmm. for, specifically for our type of universe, which is like a bit more bubbly, they were able to do it. Whereas DC, you only had Batman movies, which is only one type of direction you're going in. Yeah. Your Superman all, movie was done yeah, too let's, long let's, ago. Yeah, I, I have a I have a counter argument for your your thing. Yeah, but go ahead. But, and you're more welcome in, in two seconds. But you didn't you didn't make any movies, almost not even any TV series, almost at that time, mm-hmm. to say, well, we know what we're doing. And to be honest, if you really look at it. And it comes out a lot in the Justice League movie. You got to choose a direction and you got to stay with it. The Marvel U, they said, they basically said each mo- each character's movie will be a type of movie. Captain America's is the spy movie. Iron Man is more of the tech movie. Hulk is the, the man on the run movie. And they'll mm. all have like a feel, but they'll all still have, they'll have their independent feel, but their direction and how they present the information is similar. It's to a certain degree light and fun. Whereas... The, the DC movies you didn't choose that for everyone you did it right. a bit with Ma- you did a bit with Man of Steel and I think another thing that was a big problem with DC don't redo Batman take Christopher Nolan's Batman just act as if the last one didn't happen I mean the last one could happen it's just that you have a, a Batman gap comes between back? no but because he, yeah. he retires 
And, yeah, and, but, and I mean, and Batman all, never all actually his, retires. That's the point. Like, yeah, but the point, because the thing is, if I don't want to go on too much attention again, but in the third one, what sucked is they humanized Batman too much. That was the thing, because the thing is, in the first two movies, it was a real world situation, but there's still a super aspect. In the third movie, oh, your bone marrow or your whatever, your cartilage is all gone and stuff. You're like, don't well, yeah. do this. Like, Batman is supposed to be the perfect human. He oh, doesn't no. have this problem. I appreciated that they did that. I appreciate that they showed that Batman has to eventually rely on tech to still yes. maintain himself. And I'm I'm okay with that. Because when you do The Dark Knight, the actual comic book that Miller wrote, he is that old guy who's using tech to maintain his abilities to fight the mutant. But that's a movie you do in a few years, not now. But that's the idea. The, the last movie was a few years later. That was the point. No, but it's I mean like to because be. you know, but I mean like in releasing because you you want to tell more stories. You need Batman to be part of those ah. stories. That story arc has to happen later. Yeah. Because now because it won't be believable. Even Ben Affleck as Batman as forty year old Batman, it wasn't believable to me. Sorry, that that sorry. Go on, Toby. Beyond. I'm sorry. Should be used more for a Batman Beyond or like a later, you know, the Dark Knight series. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. Um, now, going back to the DC comment real quick. DC did, um, even if they did not actually have those movies that Marvel made, they still had a template based on the movies that Marvel made. They still had something to learn from. Yeah. They could have mm. still taken, drawn lessons from what Marvel already did and come in saying, hey, we know how to do this as well. Yeah. You can actually poach people. This is not something that's new in industry. You can poach yeah. people that's worked on certain projects and use their knowledge to make your, your project better. That said, though, there's a George Orwell quote that actually fits in here, which is what Marvel did, which is, we do not merely destroy our enemies, we change them. Mm -hmm. Marvel changed them. Marvel changed the game when it comes to this whole thing. Yeah, and the universe. DC yeah. was just, yeah, DC just was cut off guard, and that's pretty much what's happening now. But I think they've settled in. After them, you know, everything, the dust is settled. I think they've settled in, and I think we're going to start seeing some pretty good movies from them. Honestly, hopefully. Just get the people who write your animated stuff to write your movies. Oh, we've been saying that. Yeah. Because oh, I'm sorry, they, they rule with animated. Yeah. They, there's no hands down about that. Yeah, if yeah. anyone were, not, I, I'd take that to the, to my grave. Absolutely. Not sure if anyone else in the inner circle is saying that. And that's yeah. what's a little yeah. frustrating for us, right? Um, okay. So we've said all that. <laughs> let's, let's I like the tangents today. The main reason why we gathered here today. Oh, uh, our discussion on Batman the White Knight. <sighs> no um, I don't know, guys. Where do we start with this story? Do we start I, with uh, Joker becoming Jack, transitioning to Jack, and the whole Harley Quinn um, B-plot? Okay, so I'll start with this. Yeah. For me, the, the Harley Quinn stuff was excellent. Mm -hmm. And I respect the fact that the story here is a reminder that Harley Quinn is actually one of the most intelligent characters in the Batman lore. Mm -hmm. Yes. That Harley Quinn, as she is, knows exactly what she's doing. And although she teams up with the Joker, and, you know, I guess this universe is an Elseworld type of approach, because it's not it's not your standard Batman universe. It, no, it's, it's, it's like a side, which is fine. Yeah. But maintaining the base characterizations... She is was a therapist. She worked with Jack, or sorry, Joker. He broke her mind, quote unquote. She went on the run with him, but then realized eh, this isn't working for me. And in the story, moves on and goes about her life. 
But realize calling her a therapist is also like downplaying her intelligence. I mean, she is a psychologist. Sorry, so say, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Psychologist, yeah. PhD. I, I, right. I, 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 that was more a mistake on, on terminology. It wasn't a downplayer. Yes. <clears throat> but like, she understands the mind. Is this, yeah, is mm -hmm. the main exactly. point we're trying to make. Yeah. And she could see the potential in Jack, aka the Joker, and mm. she could see what Batman was doing and she could see that he was also broken and she's smart enough to manipulate situations to her advantage and throughout the whole story that was the one thing I very much appreciated there are other things I didn't appreciate which I'll discuss as we go on but I will give that to the writer yes and I agree with you on that point in terms of Harley Quinn as well and again we're going to talk about this story from beginning to the end but I am going to jump right now to the end um, once we, as you're going through the story with Harley Quinn and Jack, aka Joker, you realize that she's actually sort of influencing him in a way, but making it feel like he's the one making the decisions. Yeah, manipulating. At the end, and this kind of surprised me because I, I thought maybe it was unnecessary, but it was just like, makes sense that she'd be the one to do all this. Mm -hmm. uh, it turns out that she was the reason why he went from Joker to Jack to begin with because uh, we didn't discuss this yet, but. Uh, this this story opens up with the Joker being chased around by Batman as usual. Joker setting traps for Batman. Um, things that actually these traps are something that's going to be used against Batman later in the story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, now then Joker was bringing Batman to this warehouse full of pills. Uh, I'm it's a little lost on me. I tried rereading it, but how we got to that point yeah. to realize that these pills would help him go from Joker to Jack. He was just uh, being insane. Apparently, helped suppress his uh, his uh, Joker, I guess, personality. Because also, the Joker here is played off as a DID situation, uh, dissociative identity yeah. disorder. Yeah. Right. When the Joker takes over, he's the Joker. He knows he's in control. He knows there's another personality in there that's Jack, and he can't let him out. Whereas when Jack is out, he knows that the Joker is in there. He knows there's another personality in there that's the Joker, and he's not going to let him out. So they yeah. played it like that. Hmm. There's like two people in one. Um, but I'm just not sure how he knew that, and it's not told to you right away how he knew that, unless I missed it, that the pills that he was going to find in this warehouse would turn him from Joker to Jack. Well, he was just being, uh, if I remember in the story, he was just basically being plotted off as being insane at that point. Like he's take he was right. taking the, uh, what's, what's that game when you have the gun and you're, what's one bullet, uh, uh Russian roulette, Russian roulette with it. Uh, right. He was just doing that. So the only thing I'll add on to your guys's point is. Uh, it really just shows uh, love is blinding in this, uh, and it also shows that um, behind every good man, there's a good woman. That's what I think mm. that they were trying to go with with that. Um, yeah. I think they're what about behind every crazy man. Well, <laughs> well, no, because when he's crazy, she ain't there, right? Um, but uh, no, I thought there was actually a lot of cool things about this. One thing I really appreciated about it, because like as you're saying, it's like an Elseworlds or whatever, but. What I thought was really cool is that they took all sorts of references, not from one, but all Batman stuff. And yeah. they meshed that all together and they made that work. And I thought that was amazing. You've mentioned that to me before. I think, yeah, we had this discussion at some point. Yeah, on the side. And I thought yeah. I thought that was great because I was there and I was like looking at stuff. I'm like, holy shit, this is from the animated series. This is from this movie. This is from the 60s show. This is from this episode. I from will this give them credit for that. They found a way to merge and mesh 
a lot of universes into one story. And that was very well done. Yes. Uh, even some things that I like, example, just when they were showing uh, all the Batmobiles, I was like, yeah. oh man, I want to like, what yeah. universe is that one from? And this one, and like, there's some that I didn't know, and I was like, really surprised. And the fact that Batman lets everyone else drive it. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was really awesome. Yeah. Uh, everyone else being like the police department, Commissioner yeah. Gordon, all those guys get to actually drive the Batmobiles. The Joker, and technically. All later on in the story, <laughs> in an attempt to kind of stop this whole crazy. Uh, all the villains coming together to fight, uh, you know, Batman and the rest of Gotham, pretty much. Yeah. Um, now, going back quickly to the Harley Quinn story. Mm. Um, so now at this point, Joker has become Jack after taking the pills. And now he's supposedly sane again. And he goes <laughs> back uh, and sees the current Harley Quinn that he's been running around with. The Harley Quinn inspired, um, sorry, the... Harley Quinn that inspired the Suicide Squad version of Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The whole skimpy outfit Harley Quinn. The dirty um, Harley. And she is in probably more insane than he is in a different way. Mm. Um, and she doesn't like sober Joker. <laughs> she's <laughs> she also wants, suicidal. Yeah, no, she's crazy. Yeah. She's she's yeah, she's, she's the insane ver that, that's it. The, the the two Harleys are the two personalities of the Joker, if you really think about it. Mm. Yes, the two the, sides. Yeah, and you point. mentioned before that she's um, she didn't want to be around. She being Harleen Harleen Quinzel, the yeah, psychologist, the original, yeah. didn't want to be around the Joker when he was insane. But she met him when he was insane. She might have seen Jack in Joker doing their therapy sessions. Yeah, but she met the Joker and she ran away and became Harley Quinn because of the Joker. Yeah. So she definitely lost her weight too, probably because she you know wanted to, it was a thrill to her. You know, he was different and. There's a rush that came with being with someone that is well, insane, like how, right? It's, it's how good and girls she, fall for bad guys. Him, what's that? It's it's how good girls fall for bad guys, right? Absolutely. My, and they try to fix them. That's actually very my, true. My yes. major wow. problem with Harley's approach to the Joker, and if that's the case, you know, and we've seen it in the movie as well, Suicide Squad, when she is revealed to her ideal world is her with kids with the Joker. Mm -hmm. being a like in a suit mm -hmm. and that actually is like a reoccurring theme the idea that harley wants the joker to eventually settle down right. at least at least in this this comic is the epitome of her trying to force domesticate him do, yes domesticate the Very joker well, you well said. and the thing that drives me crazy is why why like i get what you're saying about you know sometimes a woman wants to fix a man or a partner wants to fix a partner let's say break it down non-gender like people do people do that in general you know but why would you want to do that with someone who is obviously broken beyond like is it the challenge because she's a psychologist this is the ultimate challenge because he is so broken i i don't even know if i can so i want to try because when i, I think there's a, there's a little bit of an ego thing in there as well if no one can fix if i can't fix him no one can type and, it, situation. Yeah. and right? if and i do like i get a challenge to her and want to fix him but i mean funny enough my blurred groups online whenever <laughs> they always post this thing about like the most annoying thing is when you fix a man and you see him with someone else, when you see him <laughs> move on to someone else Ooh, so deep. like it, it's true though like this whole time it's just and like you said if if she is legitimately trying to fix the joker once he's fixed would he still want to stay with the person who ran around with him killing and mutilating and destroying people even wow. if you are the one that helped him become better if you're the one that helped stabilize the joker would you then turn around as the now sane joker and say i'll stay with you but knowing full well at one point 
you are just as crazy as me. We we both yeah. gassed people. We both beat people. We both stole. I wouldn't want to stay with that person in my life. But it's it's a, a tit for tat because then he gets to fix her. <laughs> he can't. He's crazy. He's our, he, he has he has no hold on anything exactly. to do with his brain. <laughs> Think of it this way: you're an alcoholic. The person that drinks with you decides they're going to help you drop the addiction. Then you stay with them, knowing that they're also like. But I she's not like drinking anymore, though, right? Yeah, but it's still risky. No, no, I'm not saying it's not. Like, I, for me, it'd be I, I'm happy if two people are, have an addiction together and can overcome it. But the thing is, it's not two people overcoming it together. She manipulates. She yeah. has mm. the ego, and I think the point we're coming across to is Harley might be the real villain. Which <laughs> she's definitely driving everything in the background. But like, she's, yeah. the, she's definitely yeah. the puppeteer in this. But that's what they said in Suicide Squad, right? Remember, at one point, right. Waller's just like she's crazier than the the, the Joker. And that's the point. I do think one of the main things about Harley is Harley is actually crazier than Joker because the Joker is broken and insane, but Harley is highly intelligent and insane. Yeah, but isn't he super intelligent or whatever? Hyper intelligent. Is there always that argument? There's that that argument. There's a a difference, though. Her intelligence is slightly different in the sense that his is more to benefit his insanity. Mm Mm-hmm. Hers is to benefit her, whatever she's missing. Like, there's a hole in her life. And when she met the Joker, he filled that hole. Yeah, it's true. Whereas to him, he doesn't care about anyone or anything no. other than the insanity or the insane thoughts that are going on in his head. Well, he in, in Batman, he cares about that. That's why yeah. he's able to. That's why he's able to pull off all these diabolical plots and stuff like that and get away clean. It's because he's. That's all he thinks about. Yeah, those mm-hmm. things are all he thinks about. Whereas her, it's more of a personal, like, endeavor. Yeah. You know? Okay. Question, more of a guys. Endeavor to it. Yeah. How did you guys feel about the fact that he couldn't tell it was a different person? But then when we heard the Neo-Joker, who is the new, the Marianne, whatever, when we heard her version of the story, she's a cutter, she's sad, she's broken. Mm-hmm. She walk, he walk, he brings her back to, after she helps with the robbery, he kept her alive because she was about to hurt herself. It saved her being with him. He comes over and hands her the costume. But he then doesn't realize that it's a different person. What, like, I have, um, I'm not that's saying a that's a point. flaw in the writing, but it's more like, how broken is the Joker that, what are your thoughts on that? Sorry, I'll let you guys get, because that's my question. I, I think he knows, he just doesn't care. Okay. Agreed. I, I okay. think, I think it's okay. the concept of, and because the one thing I, I'll bring up a secondary point to this before I start. Mm. Um, one thing that was really cool about it okay. um, for me is that in the new 52 there is a story arc where uh, Harley Quinn is actually separating, her, separating herself from the Joker she is actively saying I don't want to be with this anymore he's bad for me oh yeah yeah I and then that. and then he she's recounting I forget if he does it live or he's recounting his I think he's they're recounting a story of him and her mm-hmm. and he grabs her because he's upset with her and he throws her in this like in a it looks like a pit initially but you realize it's in a room and you see all these dead bodies with Harley Quinn costumes, costumes on he's like what makes makes you think you were the first oh so I like that because they're playing off of that so if anything, what I'm actually thinking, because I always thought when I read that. So the idea there is that that Harley Quinn is not Harley Quinzel. Well, no, the thing is this. She is Harley Quinzel. I've read it a few times and I've read the arc a few times. Yeah. I think what he's trying to do is like, no, you weren't. You aren't the only one 
but I think you are. Like, sorry, he said he said to her, "Don't think you're the only one." Mm-hmm. But I think she was. I think Harleen was the first. Yeah. And then when she sporadically said, "Okay, I don't want to be with you anymore," yeah, yeah. he's like, "Well, I don't want to be alone." Because the one thing is obviously Joker does not want to be alone. Hence why he always chases Batman. Yeah. So he always needs somebody else. Yeah. That's what happened here, and I feel like this is one of those times where it's like this is the story of the first time there was a second one. Ooh, so you get what I'm saying? As he doesn't want to be alone, and if you're gonna go back to the White Knight for a second, and he's still he's not alone because Jack is in there. Well, no, but I know he chooses not to be himself. Yeah, but He'd Jack rather... Jack is always gonna be trying to stop him because that's mm. the point, right? Jack. I mean, actually, no. I should I, I should say, and uh, this is another part of the story. So at one point, Jack and Harley, now a Harleen. Yeah. Dr. Quinzel, I'll say. Yeah. So Dr. Quinzel and Jack Napier work out a plan to essentially control the underworld. Mm-hmm. Which was a great plan in my great opinion. Great plan. Do you, do we want to say that for the viewers quickly? Like uh, what the plan well, is? What the plan was? How it worked? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, basically uh they realize that they want to take over the crime situation in order to manipulate Gotham as a whole to be able to do their global plan. <clears throat> And in, so they think, okay, well, we'll take the Mad Hatter's uh, mind uh, mind control manip- uh, manipulation technology, and they're like, okay, we can't control that many bodies, but what if we could only control one that can tr- control one ring to control them all, so to speak? Mm-hmm. And they ended up putting their the mind control stuff on Clayface, and then took bits of Clayface, put it in drinks, and then served it to all the villains. Which, FYI, I also want to put another uh, side note on this. Uh, this story, although they like all the Batman stuff, it's obviously that this is a bit more influenced by the Batman animated series because there's a lot more references into it. I and one of my favorite ones, I'm even wearing, unfortunately we're not having this televised, but I'm wearing a shirt of my favorite episode, which is uh, the episode of Batman animated series called uh, Almost Got Him. And it's one where they're all around in a bar and they're all re-encountered. It's the Joker, Penguin, Two-Face, Croc, and Ivy, and they're all re-encountering a story about how they almost got to kill Batman and they're giving in in the White Knight Jack Napier meets them all he's like oh let's have a toast because usually when we're here it's only to talk about how we almost got him and I was like oh my god I love this a reference yeah I love this reference and the thing is everyone is now that's when I saw everyone's kind of drawn like the animated series they even have the little girl who can't grow was with um, Croc which Mm. that's a Batman animated series episode which is amazing Mm. So I love that. And then they all drink their alcohol, which has clay face play, in it, yeah. and then they could control everyone. So that, that I thought was really, really cool. Now, it's funny that we spent so much time talking about Harley because as we started talking and after reading this, I'm like, this is not a Batman or Joker story. Right? This is about the person who's really – she's the one pitting them against each other. If she wasn't in the story, Joker would have never been this – sort of ambitious yeah even as even as jack yeah he's still plotting against batman and it's not because it's his choice it's because she's saying like we can control the city this way we can take batman down this way he's the villain what it's it's really strange to me that <laughs> but i get that but, they titled it white knight and the angle is joker 
because yeah. you don't want to give away that yeah. the, the main villain is Dr. Quinzel. That, that's exactly. good storytelling. It, it's great it, storytelling because we always talk amazing. about that. Yeah. It's reminiscent of the usual suspects in the sense yeah. that these yeah. guys are so sad. And you didn't know that really until the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, did, did you have, either of you have any idea that it was her no. own no. strings? Okay. No, Which not is until what, the last two pages. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we've been saying. We said it before. We're saying it now. If you can write a good story, even if you are telling the same story that everyone else is told, if you can find an angle that is interesting and write it well, I will love it. Yeah. And that's the mm -hmm. thing. When I was reading this initially, and I'm actually happy we talked about Qu Dr. Quinzel so much because it, I'm less annoyed with the whole Gotham thing now. Because <laughs> Dr. Quinzel actually is a super interesting character. She's, yeah. And I like the idea that the DC in general is trying to show us that Harley actually is way more powerful than just being the Joker's sidekick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she you know? doesn't have powers, but man. She's intelligent. She's, yeah, she's, she's very, a, she's a very strong, powerful woman. Yeah. yeah, and like, and, and to be, and she's strong enough to leave the Joker, you know, when he had so much control over her. Yes, you know? at a yes. certain point, she actually did fall into that hole where you know he was in control and she didn't, you know, she couldn't get out. Yeah, uh, but she still found a way out. But I thought, I thought the interaction specifically between whether you want Joker or Napier with Batman, and then their interactions with Harley Quinn, the dialogue mm -hmm. specifically was amazing like it was like yes. mind-blowing like even how joker right before he takes the pill it describes to batman how like we're lovers how dare you say i'm not your best friend if it wasn't for me you wouldn't be here yeah. if i was good you would be nothing how, like i'm abbreviating but how they actually wrote it was amazing how batman at the end confronts harley about it yeah. was amazing was how awesome how Harley manipulates Batman when he meets up with her and he's like, yo, I need you to talk to him and stop all this. And then he freaks out on, she like talks to him in such a way that he loses complete control yeah, and like hammers brick. the wall yeah. or whatever. And she's, you could tell like she's there. You could see there's a smirk on her face because he's doing exactly what she wants. And that's the yep. thing, I, that was one of my favorite parts of it. The fact that Batman, who is depicted as often being the smartest person in the DC universe, yeah. regularly, one or two, him and Lex. Yeah. We, it's always that toss up. Other yeah. than Metron. He's always got that composure. Yeah. And, you know, very stoic. And when I started this out, I said he's kind of depicted as an angsty teenager yeah. here. Well, no, he's, I. It, we see a different. And I mean, angsty teenager is kind of putting a, a general blanket over it, I think, kind of diminishing just exactly how he's acting. But I think he's very unhinged. Yeah, is I another word. I think it's more. I, I think I'd go with more unhinged. I'd go more with a man who's at the end of his rope because he's tired. He's sick and tired. Like imagine a, an older Batman who finally the concept of people always getting out of jail free cards because he's doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is what's starting to piss him off. He's like, God mm -hmm. damn it! I just want one of you to go and stay in the prison because you you deserve to be in prison. Yes, and just to, I, don't make me have to kill you. Type yeah, exactly. Because I don't want to kill you, but now you're making conflict. me want to. Right. Exactly. exactly. Conflict, yeah. And so, and that's why when everybody, okay, so you know what? We're gonna jump into his relationship with uh, Barbara Gordon, and, and, and I, I just want to say one last thing because yeah. it's it's just this it, is also just one because I just I I really love all the references in here, and it's one of my favorite ones because this is a, a, another subtle one. So my favorite episode of Batman the Animated Series, like I said, it was almost got him. Uh, one of the second ones would be the ones where uh, Batman's on trial. But one of the favorite things about the animated series is it really is 
where Harley Quinn was created, right? It's yeah. where she was born. So I think that's why there's a lot more references to it in this. But there's one specifically when she's talking to Batman on that roof to, to help manipulate him. Mm -hmm. She also explains to him, I know you're Bruce Wayne. Because she, yeah. she's at a point, she's like, oh, I remember that time you bought me that dress and it was really nice of you, which is a reference to, I'm not sure if it's Harley's Day Off or Harley Quinnade, but there's an episode in Batman Animated Series where she's taken out of prison, she's served her time, and she's trying to live the life of a normal human being. The only thing that she really screws up is she takes her hyenas for a walk, which obviously that's a lot of negative attention yeah. but she goes to the store she doesn't have enough money bruce wayne uh you know she buys a dress when she tries to take away the dress there's still the metal detector on and everyone's like oh i just need to take this off and they she thinks that they're taking it away from her yeah so she ends up having like you know she, she reverts back to being a criminal but at the end batman gives her the dress or bruce wayne yeah. buys her the dress and she's like i really like that time you bought me i was like just from every part of the discussion, you're like, you're manipulating him since day one. You have him around she's your always, freaking pinky. She's she's always, yeah, she's insane. She's probably the most hyper sane of everybody. Yeah, in, at least in this arc. Very interesting. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah, honestly I find it very interesting that this is how, this is the, the take they took. Yeah. Especially with the fact that the Joker is such an iconic Batman villain. And that and even in this, so weak. yeah, and even in this story, you finally get the iconic Joker, but he's composed. He's the sane one. Batman's the angsty teen. He's the yeah. one that's trying to make the world better. Batman's the one that's been destroying things. He's the one that's showing you corruption. Batman's been paying off things from behind the scenes. And you're like, whoa, this is pretty intense. But then at the end, you're just like, but it wasn't even you. It was her. You yeah. weren't even the one showing mm. us all this. And that's why I think, it, I mean, Murphy did an excellent job. Mm. He did an excellent, yeah. excellent job with this story. Very well written. Yeah. This mm. is this is probably one of my, uh, like, the Batman reads I've had in a while. I think I think maybe Hush was probably the last oh, Batman. Oh, yeah, I love Hush. My God, that's a great line that I liked. Yeah. Yeah, this one is definitely up there with it, in my opinion. Man, we should do Hush. Um, I'm down. Let's, let's go into the relationship between the bad people yeah. real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you guys think about Dick Grayson's sort of interactions and feelings, overall feelings about Batman in this, and also how Barbara, aka Batgirl, factors in? Well, you guys had to remind me because uh, I I read this so long ago that mm -hmm. I did reread parts of it recently, but I didn't read so, it from so beginning. Dick, to, but Dick, I forgot Dick that Grayson. yeah, he's the second one in this world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which the, was uh, it was the only odd thing about this world. Yeah, it, but it had purpose though. It had purpose. I know. I just found it an interesting take because I didn't. You, Dick Grayson is the second. Jason Todd's the first. Dick Grayson's, I guess, jealous. Mm, I don't know if jealous is the word, but he always feels like he's in the shadows. He's but, always in the. He's trying to fill the shoes of someone that, for some reason, I guess. And it would actually it would make sense that this version of Batman appreciated someone like Jason Todd more, someone mm -hmm. who's a little more aggressive. Because this Batman's aggressive. I didn't necessarily read it that way. I read it more as Batman failed. He knew he still needed a partner. Mm. And he did it a little bit begrudgingly, taking on another one. Maybe he wasn't ready to have another Robin. Well, I mean, that's right. the original story. And what, what them flipped, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. But for me, what I thought was more driving Dick's behavior is I feel... And again, if we're just going to reference to references, because this, like I said, this book is riddled with references... I feel it's at that point, in, like, I feel like where it stands, this is, it feels like this is shortly after Dick became Nightwing, you know what I mean? Because mm. yes. whether or not you want to take it, the the comic book one or the Batman animated series one, because they're both essentially the exact same, he basically gets fed up 
of how Batman's running things. And that's what's happening in this one, right? Yeah. Batman, like, as we said, he's becoming more unhinged. He's becoming less hero, more vigilante. Yeah. And he's getting tired of doing that, right? Yeah. And he's obviously still upset that Batman's like that. And it's clearly getting worse. Whereas Barbara, she's like, he's getting worse. Yes, but he's getting worse because everything's not working out for him. Guys keep going out. And then when you eventually find out that Alfred's almost dying. Yeah. And that's, like, one of the saddest things. I think... And I that's want a key, that's a key huge point to, key. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's yeah. why Batman is for sure behaving the way he is because yes. he's like my my Robin my my Robin is dead, which eventually you find out that he actually fucks off. Which I was like, wow, that makes actually a lot of sense. But then you have your Robin we'll, that we'll touch on that right after. Yeah, then you have Robin, his second Robin, who's leaving him, and then after all this st- stuff is said and done, Joker keeps getting out, and then. All this in the background, the guy who's essentially my second father, if anything, my real father now, yeah, because he's say, been more yeah. my father than my actual father. Yeah. Not not in that uh, Thomas Wayne didn't have an influence on him, but like, you're not there. He died he when is. he was eight. Yeah. yeah. So my dad is dying and no one knows about it. Yeah. I'm not able to, because like, the problem with Batman, and it's always been one of his problems, he keeps things to the chest too much. Yeah. yeah he yeah. doesn't share and he, he takes so much of the weight of the world and he puts it on his shoulders because he knows he could stand tall regardless how much weight is on his shoulders. Yeah. But Which then... has sort of always been my my issue with Batman um, is that he's not real in that way. But that's because uh, he's a single I know, child. I know, if I've go- I know if I've gone through a bunch of traumatic events and I just keep keeping those things inwards, mm. it's going to come out outwards, right? Yeah, even but with for his- him. But for him, they 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 always he just always seems too composed, and it's like sometimes you do want to break into personality. But you know what? I and I wonder because I, I I think I think I understand one of the angles they're taking with it is he's composed, but he also beats up people dressed as a bat in the streets. <laughs> like, well, it's because <laughs> like yeah. that's the other angle, right? Like like Toby, if you know as much as you're describing your situation, you went through a lot of traumas. If you all of a sudden start wearing a suit and beating up people in the street, we'd all be it's like, "Toby, time to lock me up." Yeah, like we'd, we'd all be like, "Toby's, Toby's always so composed." Yeah, because he beats people up dressed as a bat at, at night. night. <laughs> like, that's so that's 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 that flip side, right? There's always that yeah. angle with Batman that at the end of the day, as intelligent and as wonderful and as great as all the things that he's trying to do, the Wayne Foundation, running a company, being Batman at this. Uh, I mean, oh, sorry, a uh, Batman aside, all those things he's doing. At the end of the day, he goes home. He slips on those slippers. He sits down for maybe 10 minutes. No, like 10 seconds. 10 seconds. <laughs> then he immediately jumps up, goes to the piano, ding, 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 and then goes into a bookcase. Flips the head and, there. Yeah, slides down into a cave That's and so wears funny. a suit and dresses a bat, goes and beats up criminals. <laughs> but, but Batman's they, they never... They make a little joke about the secret passageways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Batman's like thing... any... I'm sorry, go on, any building without secret passageways? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one thing that was not believable for me, though, in the story. One thing that I did not like, and mm. I, I was like, this is bullshit, this would never happen. How does he not know of a room in his house? How are you going to say, oh, there's, there's this one space in my house that is about the size of a room... But I'm just going to assume it's full of cement and that there's not a room in there. Yeah. That was the one thing I didn't, that was not believable about the way. Yeah, and mind you, the Wayne Manor is big, but like he's what, also lived in it his entire life. What was in that room? That was the. That was his dad's, dad's like yeah. secret stuff. And mind you, it is a small room, but still. Still. But the point I was going to make is um, before that was the one thing about Batman is he's always sees things black and white. And I don't think he's ever really to to to, to Toby's point where he's like he's acting like an, uh, uh, angsty an teenager. angsty teenager. 
I always felt that Batman, although yes, you you're you're mature, you know the life's you know life's problems, you know how the world works and all that stuff, but you and you're able to see black and white, you're able to see what is right and what is wrong, but you have no balance of emotion in you, mm. hence why you can never love, hence why you always need another he always has to have people around him yeah. as much as he's alone and he has that alone time he'll eventually find someone to be with him it's almost to be like I'm, I'm doing the right thing right like I'm having a Robin my Robin's to keep me in check yeah, to make sure I'm doing the right thing yeah so was this if the I first was... time that was this the first time that we've gotten a um an answer to why Jason Todd did what he did what, what, in terms of not uh sorry and uh sorry is this the first time that we had the Joker actually tell Batman what happened to Jason Todd? Is my first part. Uh, well, I mean, in the in the original Jason Todd, it's very blatant. He calls Batman up on the phone. He's like, "I'm beating him up with a crowbar. If you don't get here in five minutes, yeah. he's going to die." Right. That's how but, it happens in this. But, but like, if he's still alive or dead, right? We get we get an answer here in this one. Yeah, you get an you get an answer in this one. Yes, you get it at the the fifth or sixth. Yes, yeah, because no, it, sorry, seventh. Issue because it's the one when they're in the car and they're talking yeah. about yes. it. Yes, and in the he's, car with Jack Napier. Yeah, yeah, but because he's alive. He's, no, isn't that? He, he, yeah, he's alive. He, he basically tells <clears throat> he basically tells him. Uh, so Joker know, tells Batman. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, "I wish I never met Bruce Wayne." Which again, that's a really good point because uh, one thing that's always been in the lore of Batman is does does Joker know who Batman is and does he give a fuck? And this is a perfect example of he knows who Batman is he and he does not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The only thing I didn't and, like... And just to recap, because it might sound confusing, uh, Jack Napier's in the Batmobile with Batman. Batman says, hey, I'm going to do... They're on this mission, and Batman says, I'm going to do this thing, but I need you to tell me right now what happened to Jason Todd. Uh, is he still dead or is he alive? And yeah, cause that Joker, was... Jack Jack pretty much says, well, Joker's never... He's never revealed this for me. He's always kept this for me. And then Batman's like, no, you know it. You have... Anyway, convinces him, and find, he finds a way to find out what happened. And in this sort of memory, Jason Todd says, I wish I never met Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Meaning that Joker <laughs> left him alive. Yeah. Um, but he knew that Jason Todd would never go back to Batman and how much that would rip Batman apart in the whole morning. So this was also like a whole ploy by the Joker to just watch Batman fall apart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Also, what's better, what's better than killing someone but never letting them find the body? Right? But also, it's his jealousy. He didn't like the fact that someone else was closer. Closer, yeah. So he put a wedge between them. And Something I, that is a constant theme: the Joker's affection for Batman is very important in understanding every decision he makes. And the concept that I really like, and it's what Toby was 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 trickling to, is that I really like how it shows how um, sadistic the Joker is. He's like, mm. oh. I just want the game to go on longer. If you don't know the, that he's alive, yeah, 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 that means the game gets to be played longer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I want to yeah. play the game. It's, it's Let's play the game, game Bruce. Such Let's play the game. <laughs> Jig, the original Jigsaw. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought that was really cool. Uh, I have a question for you guys, because um, I feel like we've, we've wrapped up a good amount of the... Uh, we didn't the, even talk about Victor, though. This whole oh, no, I'm, no, I was just talking about the the Bat family. We did pretty good. Oh, okay. And it was very old. Oh, it was very sentimental. They got to read the note together. Oh, yeah. Do that. That yes, was really cute. Yes. Um, but the you, note left to them by Alfred yeah. after Alfred passed. Yeah, yeah. man, um, that's one thing that I, I am a little shook about. The idea that Alfred's gone. Yeah, but like that's but you a, know what? It was sort of a nice heroic. I know because yeah. Alfred got to do something that he's always done for Batman's from day one, which is save his life. Yeah, but. 
this time there was an ultimate sacrifice in order to save Batman. I have to die, and oh. Alfred obviously, but did so. Just just to go on a small mini tangent for two seconds. What did you guys think about the art? Oh, I like the art. I thought it was really great. It's the art by uh, Mark. Uh, am I looking at the name right? It, it reminds me of the dark the the Mark Millar series. Yeah, uh, not Mark Millar. Sorry, Frank Miller series. I, I think it was Frank in terms of uh, art. Sean yeah. Murphy with Matt Hollingsworth. I, f- I felt like it was uh, what you were saying. The uh, what, what's his name? Say, say the Dark Knight Mark Returns. Miller? Frank Miller. Mo- Frank oh, Miller's. Oh. Uh, I think it was Frank oh, yeah. Miller's merged with the Batman animated series a little bit. Yeah, it was like it was like it's like oh we got to do that but we don't want to rip it off okay so we'll make it a little bit more this and a little bit more that and it just came like a merge of the two I only say because yeah, I thought it was, it was really well dark done and it was very dark and shadowy when it came to Batman yeah and then when it was like the Joker Jack Napier scenes it was some light it was kind of weird yeah Batman was literally the bad guy this whole yeah, time that, that's what I was alluding to in the light you know it was kind of also reminiscent of um, Two Face. Yeah, uh, in terms of the whole political aspect of it, where this time Jack is sort of that taking on that attorney, you know, that district attorney role, almost like that mm-hmm. face of the city role. A yeah, little, a little bit the same way. Uh, not Two Face, but what's his original name? It's it's evading me right Harvey now. Dent. Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent's sort of role in the city of Gotham here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I definitely. I enjoyed this a lot. It was a fun read. It was it was a speedy read because it was enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't originally supposed to be eight issues. Oh no. No, from what I understand, it was meant to be shorter, and then they they allowed them to expand it. I thought I thought the alternate covers were amazing. Yeah, like I like at the end of this, I actually when I was done reading it all, I was like, I basically want to buy all eight issues and put like get all the covers of the ones I want and put it on my wall because oh, that, that yeah. is that it's so nice. Some of the covers, yeah, <clears throat> like there's one specifically where like Joker and Harley, they're like. He's walking away with her in her arms, and then in the background you see Napier. I think it's actually the last issue. Napier and Harley Quinzel, and she's like holding him because uh, Napier's bleeding out. Oh, yeah. And it's the one of the last episodes, the last issues, because that's when he finally turns back. Mm. Oh, and it's really nice that they got married at the end. I thought that was kind of cute. Oh yeah, I was like, oh. Yeah, and then he's they crazy. didn't get married though. <laughs> well, I mean, he really did, work. but I mean. They didn't get they to really enjoy it. <laughs> well, he never said I do, if you notice. No, he does. He says I do, and he's ha, 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 because he changes the second he says I do. Really? Go back. Hold on, hold on. But Pepsi Challenge. Right <laughs> While you guys are discussing that, one of the things that I also liked about this story is that they had Harley, Dr. Quinzel, from the beginning, they showed us that she was the one planning everything. But you don't realize it because you don't know it's her. Yeah. So if you read that first issue, the person who filmed what Batman was doing was her. Was her. But one of the things I find interesting is why was she always able to get into such tight, easy... Like, Batman chasing the Joker into a factory where, you know, the cops show up and everything. How did Dr. Quinzel get in there to take... She knew where they were going to be. Exactly. That's like everything was so planned out in advance Mm -hmm. that it's Mm -hmm. it's when you look back, like rereading the comic, when you read it the first time and you don't know and then you find out and you reread it the second time. And I remember when I read it the first time and I got to issue eight and I finished it, I went back to issue one and I reread issue one. I was like, oh, my God, she's there. Like, that's her. You you wreck it. You realize at that moment that that's her. When you're reading it, you didn't. Mm-hmm. And it's just these little hints that I always find so interesting where if you... And the whole point is, if you are a Batman, you might have known. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if you are a detective, you might have seen, like, oh, wait, who's the person filming this? Wait, why does that... 
How did they get that information? Why would but someone? That's the thing, right? That's why at the end, when everything is settled down and he's finally come to accept his losses, yeah, he's able to actually think and see clearly yeah. again. That's why he's the one who reveals to us the main motivation behind everything that went down. Do you? Um, with, and with Harley being the mastermind behind everything. But one thing, Doctor Quinzel couldn't have known Alfred was dying, right? But was that really a stake in any of her plans? Well, I mean, Batman being unbalanced was affected by that. A Batman who doesn't have a isn't losing his father. Do you think she would have been able to play him this well? I think that that's she, my that's that's what the question essentially I'm trying to ask. I think think if we're talking about her being hyper sane, she was she mm -hmm. probably calculated things. What if I see Batman on a good day? What if I see him on his worst day? Hmm. And she probably just had. Like plans. with, with, with someone that crazy, on. you have like all those plans yeah. and you're just like, it's imagine you have like a cabinet and you're like, I'm in this situation. So I'm going to take out this folder. Yeah. Now I'm in this situation. So I'm going to take out this folder. And it's it just, goes on like that. It's just because when I was reading it and I got to the end, one of my thoughts was the only reason she got the one up on him is because he wasn't focused. Yeah, but she could have easily made him unfocused if she wanted to. That That's something you've got proven along the way. Just, just by their yeah. conversation well, with well, each other. Well, well, here, that's what I'm saying. Could she get the one up on him if he's 100% focused? The Batman we've always known doesn't get taken advantage of that easily. So why is it that, like, when, with him breaking, essentially, losing his father figure, like you were saying before, was this the perfect opportunity? Did she see signs that he, his aggression escalated and she knew, okay, something's wrong, now's the time to do it? You saw that by the first issue, because even in the yeah. first issue, they're saying... Hey, he's acting. He's acting yes. extreme already. Yeah. So, regardless of knowing what is causing it, she yeah. knows that he's okay. unbalanced. And now, from there on, I know. Like it's like imagine you're teetering, tottering on a line, and you're yeah, falling. She's and she's waiting, like, "Okay, yeah. well now I'm gonna push." Okay, that's, yeah. that's how is I saw that. With all that said, is it fair to say that Harley created the Joker? Oh, interesting. Mm. Uh, Who created right? this and Joker? Gonna, created gonna, created yeah, the original gonna, or this one? Well, hold on. Maybe that's. One second. Mm. So there's a there's a line in this in the last uh, issue mm. where um, <laughs> she says, if the city was going uh, to be forever condemned, or sorry, if the city was going to forever condemn the Joker, they deserve to know Jack Napier. And I was betting that Jack had a lot to show us, a lot to show you. And I was right. This is her talking to Batman. Yeah. And Batman says in response to that, before Napier reverted back to the Joker, he said something about his old cell about discovering the Joker in that cell. What did he mean? And she says, I don't know, to which he responds, do you really think Napier is gone? And she smirks and walks away. Hmm. So sounds like she's always been his psychologist from day one. The moment he had a mental break from whenever the day one or day zero is, she is the one who brought out the Joker side of him, made him accept that it's a part of him. You know what and it, she ended up falling in love with her own creation. Well, first of all, well, the joke, she meets the joke. She, well, let's put it this way. She can't have originally created the Joker because he's the Joker when she meets him, right? Like he's, yes. he's, he's a little insane. He's already, he's already she, broken. She, she right? is the one who allows the Joker to live. Exactly. And so in, she, in and another it, way, it was sort of a rebirth. It was sort of her own creation. Yeah. She saw what he was and she made him something else. Because th this answers the question, what if a psychologist got Stockholm Syndrome? Exactly. That's what this is. And being the psychologist that she is, she knows how to manipulate everything. And to be yep. honest, the one thing that I, I find it really weird, 
It's sort I, of a reverse Stockholm syndrome, actually, too. Because actually, it's a, no, it's a, it's a double <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. It's, yeah, it's, he's super <laughs> attached to her just as much as she is. But it's weird. I don't. I don't know. I know this is gonna sound crazy, but their their love in this book, I really like it. I I, I loved how they showed their relationship. Uh, I honestly. But you like you like their relationship because he's Jack and not Joker, though. Yeah, and the thing is, like, no, but example, they have that one scene where they show them going on the night on the town. I shoot you not that that warmed my heart a little bit. I was like, aw. So yeah. cute that they, they had this been, moment. So they could nice. have been a power couple. <laughs> they had their moment to be that power couple. Um, mm-hmm. but obviously things fell apart for them. Um and somehow she still makes out good in all this. You know, she's always set up for success. She uh, planned mo- I wonder if part of her plan was if it all fails, I still get to A marry him and B, I get to live my life. She and cause absolutely she, gets to do all that. Yeah, because she's also she she gets to essentially take over. It's the Narrows, right, where Duke is. Yep. Yep. She essentially gets to take or sorry, no, it's called Backport. Yeah, I love Duke in this one. Though. Or or sorry, as uh, someone puts it in a racist way, Blackport was that the penguin? Uh, no, that yeah, that yeah. was that was no, that was one of the um, the snotty um, one percenters when Bruce Wayne like actually oh, finds right. out that yeah, people that, that yes. the rich are. Are profiting off of, which I yeah. thought that was that that's one thing I thought was really cool finding out that the rich was making money off of it by flipping the condemned buildings and them having the three million dollar Batman fund which was basically funded by Bruce Wayne because he knows yeah. that he's destroying everything that's but that's a new level of crazy billion. but but think about it, that's a new level of crazy like yeah you know what I'm gonna destroy I'll let everyone I'll give you back your money but I'm gonna destroy everything while I make sure that this city stays up that's kind of <laughs> fucked up like I'm gonna that's I'm literally going up. to destroy the city so you could rebuild it that's basically what's happening uh, that that mm-hmm. aspect of batman is so weird because it essentially makes it seem like gotham is a plaything it, 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 it's 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 a castle in the sand there are yeah. people in these buildings and actually yeah. there people are dying it's actually pointed out in this that people are getting hurt yeah. and batman is aware of this this is something that we always point out whenever we watch superhero movies that like man superman just got punched through this whole building that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah were there people in this building but we're never shown that people are actually dying the collateral mm. damage the cleanup it must be a bloody mess For after sure. superman's fought like some crazy alien yeah. villain or after batman's gone through like exploding you know building and fire because yeah, like, they don't evacuate those buildings fast enough <laughs> unless no, you have teleportation they, uh, technology how are you getting these people out every yeah. time Bat- superman throws a body you Nobody know. knows. There's I no know. like siren, like when a yeah. tornado, <laughs> when a tornado's coming or when a nuclear w- bomb is coming, tell warning people like, "Hey, you have 30 minutes before but this blows up." It does suck that that show got canceled. Remember, NBC tried to have a show like that where they were going to yes. have the warning system. Anyways, well, yeah. that's, yeah, all that's a whole thing. Um, but no, I think uh, so. The only other person we really haven't gone over, and uh, you had mentioned it, Toby, was Mr. Freeze. We really haven't. That's the only yeah, I Victor. think aspect that we haven't gone through. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, that's a quick one. Victor is not as evil as we think. I think you know he does everything for love. He yep. he he's a he's a genius, right? Mm-hmm. Intelligent genius and inventor who is in love with someone and is heartbroken about the potential loss of his partner, and he's doing everything he can to try and keep this person alive. And I get it. it, it I mean, the whole every aspect of this story is about love. Yeah. Yes. Whether it's Harley and the Joker, whether it's Batman and Alfred and the city, well, the city's not as much. Or love. the kids. Oh, the kids. Yeah, <clears throat> I was trying to say and, he loves the city, the- but he doesn't if he keeps destroying it. And then you know, <laughs> Batman's one though, bro. <laughs> yeah. And then Victor and uh, Nora. Like the idea is just like 
love can make you do crazy things. I mean, if yes. anything, that my elevator pitch would probably be hell hath no fury like a villain scorn. Love can make you do crazy things because that's an extension. And, and, and love made Batman do some crazy things oh, in God, this. Yes. Uh, yeah. One of them being also, I mean, the fact that he loves Alfred so much that he actually went to Victor Freeze, asked Bruce yeah. Wayne to say, hey, I need you to help my butler. He's dying <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. However, however, he phrased that. I use the word butler, but I'm sure he says something else. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Victor using, that was his clue to go, hmm. he was able to put together through the series of yeah. events that Bruce Wayne is Batman. But knowing that he also it's also shown that he's a good guy in the sense that he just he's never going to reveal it he even says it because he has such respect for thomas wayne who um I, I, what did thomas wayne do for his family again when for, he was younger uh for victor freeze well he, he was he, funding he was funding the thing he was funding the pro the good stuff because victor freeze was creating his freeze tech and his dad yeah, wanted to use it for the the nazi war and then thomas wayne was like no this could be medically applied and that's good yeah which i want to throw that out there i thought this was a good origin story for this origin version story of victor freeze i I really like yeah it's very much the opposite of what happened in the new 52 which i think i was saying this off off recordings before in the new 52 Mm. they depicted victor freeze as someone being crazy who killed his mom and who was actually insane and Nora was just a patient and then he eventually said that he was his his wife and that she was just not and when she unfreezes she's going to go crazy because she doesn't know who the fuck you are um yeah. i hated that in the in the new 52 uh stuff that they I did i mean they're always rewriting was, origin stories yeah but it was it's, bad it's dude. kind of it, i, I get the good what thing about, saying though this one is more of a nor- human story oh yeah, yeah. this because uh, yeah. freeze was always a, a situation sorry to cut you guys off i just want to finish this point freeze was always one of those situations where it's like this is a human who's trying to do something good, but has lost all the, he doesn't have the, he knows the means, but he doesn't have, he knows the means, but he doesn't have the resources. And the only way he could get those resources is by doing something bad. Yeah, That's always exactly. been the, 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 the cliffhanger with Mr. Freeze. And it's always uh-huh. why you kind of sided with Mr. Freeze to a certain, well, you're always I like, never sided with no, Mr. but I'm not saying sided in the sense <laughs> that you wanted him to win, but you're like, I, at least I oh, get you it. Empathize. Yeah, sorry, empathize. Yeah, you you empathize get it. You understood his motivation, and his motivation, though selfish, wasn't evil. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if they did yeah. it the other way, you're like, well, this guy's just a fucking loony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I agree. At the end of the day, they're all a little loony. Batman's like all, all, yeah, everyone, every, Gordon's everyone Gotham everyone's is, a little crazy. Gotham City is water makes people crazy. When, when people, when people walk in and decide to stay at Gotham, that's when you know they're crazy. Because like, I'm sorry, if Gotham was a place, New York, I, like, yeah. <laughs> but if you walk there, it's like, oh, this is nice. I'm gonna leave now. Though. <laughs> Even New why, York, like, that's you why you don't to, stay in New York. Like, you you know? go to visit and then you get out of Dodge, man. That's what you do. Right, well, I think that's that so was, uh, when I was uh, when I was in New York recently. I was on the 21st floor of the Empire State Building. Oh. And there's like a patio. Yeah. And I was it was like nighttime and I took a picture and I was like, man, this is literally Gotham at night. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, that's when what it is. Well, I like to see that picture York. actually. But that's the idea, right? Gotham, uh, from what I understand, Gotham and Metropolis are New York City in the day and New York City at night. Yeah. Yeah. That was always the agree. idea. Yeah. 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 Even though um, Metropolis is originally based off of Toronto, but still. So do we have do we have anything else to to wrap up for this? I feel like we covered almost all angles. Unless yeah, there's any I other think things you want to say. Didn't cover like the police department's motivations and this is not nothing we, yeah. we don't need nah. to touch on that. But we well, don't even need to touch on the villains because they were actually just tools in this. But yeah, that's the um, thing that sucks. But, you do get to see all the villains, like Dave was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. You really get to see them. The animated versions kind of blended with a, like a different art style. So you got yeah. to see them. It's super cool. It's just the fact that and I mean it's smart how they did it. It's the same way that Hawkeye in the Avengers got kind of like taken over and then you could just excuse everything 
thing that he does and he's off to the side in this one they're just like there's too many villains for us to try and add them all but one way we could do it is if they're all under control by one person so that's what right. they did but and the, I'm problem, okay the only thing issue i had with it is it's it was a mind control scenario without the gorilla grod intelligence I mean that's you know good though. Mean? Yeah, it's okay though. Yeah, it, it, it was, was cool. Fine. Were, yeah. Like I said, they were just tools, right? Yeah. But there wasn't a there wasn't a real gorilla grod in the situation mm. controlling things. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just someone is just using the villains. That's it. There was no like mastermind. You know? Oh, okay, yeah. But in regards to the GCPD, I thought uh Gordon was actually a mirror of Batman in this. He was also a man at the end of his rope. I think that's the only other thing. Oh, one thing I didn't Gordon. like. Yeah, Gordon, because he was like he was at the end of his rope too. He's like well, you know what? I'm tired of babysitting you. I'm tired of having to make up excuses for you. Yeah. This uh, GTO, this GTO is a good idea. Yeah. I don't care if it's the Joker who's doing what it. What does the GTO stand for? Uh, Again. Gotham, Gotham task, something. task Force or something like that. Uh, we'll have to I mean, yeah, we'll have to. But uh, the only thing I thought was a little weird at the end, and I got when I got to the end, it made sense. But as a Batman fan, it, it still didn't make sense. I did not like that he took off the he's like i'm gonna tell everyone that i'm bruce wayne telling just yeah, gordon i could yeah. if it was, if he said i'm gonna tell you so that you understand where i'm coming from cool but i didn't like that that's the only he thing went, i didn't he full iron man with that reveal yeah. well we, he didn't reveal yet yeah but he's, he's, he's going we're, to we're, right? we're meant to say that yeah the fact that he took his cowl off in front of uh uh commissioner gordon yeah. means that okay He's going to yeah, because he says, no, I need to tell them who Batman is. It's the only way anyone will ever truly trust me. But most importantly, it's the only way you'll ever trust me. And I, I yeah. get I get why he's doing it. Because remember, this is also a universe where he, he's he been destroying the city, but funding to rebuild the city. Mm -hmm. And now people have lost trust in Batman. And then they're wondering. And then, I mean, if anything, I'm not really sure why this is a good idea. Because people are going to lose trust in Bruce Wayne too, yeah, yeah. because when they find out that Batman has been the one and as Bruce Wayne them. funding the destruction, like destroying the city and then funding, leaving a fund to rebuild what they destroy. Legoland. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't make me trust you more. It would just remind me you are a sociopath with money. And Jack Napier was right. You are the true villain of the city. You're but. a rich, you're a rich toddler playing with the city yeah. with Lego. You know, you're a one and, uh, percenter. GTO yeah. was actually created by Jack Napier in this. Yeah. Uh, it's the Gotham Terrorist Oppression. Ah, there we uh. go. Um, and the GTO is a super cop program where it pairs a, a, a hero or yeah. a vigilante with, with a, a police cop. officer yeah. and, you know, leads to less collateral damage, keeps their identity secret. They mm -hmm. get to work with the GCPD and they get their own Batmobile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they just have to keep a, a camera on them. So that you don't get you don't don't get to reveal cams. who you are, but you get you have to do that so that people can exactly. see what you did. Hey man, body cams. It's yeah. a, that's a commentary right there on the world mm -hmm. we're in. Which is probably honestly, I would love to see that as a series. You That'd know? be interesting. Kind of like a buddy cop with you know a normal regular GCP guy with I don't know Nightwing or someone. Didn't, on his didn't team. Will Smith yeah. do that bad zombie or whatever? Uh, don't, don't 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 trash that. I, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I'm not. I, I, like, that's reviews that I heard. I'm not seeing it myself. I know, and that's what I hate about critics and. Uh, anyway, that's what they're there I'm for. Not right? Controversy. That. I know. I know. I so I think that's um, a good I recap. That's, I think that's pretty much wraps up a lot of the story here. Yeah, pretty much. Right. That's the uh, whole story. Else you guys want to add before we get into our next segment? No, I'm, I'm good. I, I got everything cool. off my chest. So our next segment is something we like to call BFW: Boom. Best, Favorite, Worst. And today we're going to be going with a pretty. I'm sure this topic is discussed quite heavily in all circles. 
Yeah. Um, but we haven't talked about it yet here, so we're gonna actually start our first vault, our first issue of um, that's canon with best, favorite, worst superpower. Okay. Guys, what's the worst superpower out there? So, oh, I, so are we, so are we, so are we gonna really do this the the proper way this time? Are we gonna do like we all say the same one now? Like we all. We all yeah, absolutely. We're all going to say okay. our best. We're going to say our favorite. We're all going to say our worst. So one just give me two seconds. I forgot to read this, so I'm going to think about it for a minute. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I already like have we're, mine. we're actually going to pause. Like, if we could pause the thing. Uh, okay, let's, do, let's do start, with, you start with the, the worst. You want to start with the best, actually. Okay. Uh, What's the, Sorry, sorry. What was the question? You want to start with the worst, or you want to start with the best? Dude, I have my three. I could do my three okay. right now. If you guys no, want me no, to go there, because I got it. I got it. Let's do our worst. Because if he's thinking about it. Uh, my worst, and this is, yes. I feel going to start a conversation in itself, I think is healing. I think Wolverine's healing factor is probably the worst. He is, yes. it, it, don't get me wrong, Wolverine is an amazing character. And I'm not saying that it, it's the worst in the sense that, I mean, there are other worse powers, you know, like, you yeah, know, the one I, with, I yeah, like the one with the dot, the dot <laughs> guy, like you talked about, or, you know, electricity oh and water, any power where you're just easily defeated. Those are some of the worst. But when I'm thinking like actual life altering best favorite worst, I think Wolverine's healing factor or Deadpool's healing factor, healing factor is probably one of the worst. In Deadpool's case, it's probably not that bad because it's actually curing his cancer on a regular basis. So, you know, mm. he he's. Doing that on the side yeah, of the and, thing. And Wolverine's is more of a cheat. It's yeah, kind of mm -hmm. like... But it, it's, it's not just not, that. That's what makes him a terrible tactician and a fighter because he can just go berserker and fight yeah. however, take damage. He's he's just an unstoppable force But because he knows he can rely on his healing fact. But for me, the reason I think it's worse is the actual loneliness it causes. Because the whole idea of Wolverine, and I guess technically Superman to some extent, anyone who has this kind of healing factor or can regenerate easily has this longevity that none of the other people around them will have. And they will always outlive everyone and they will constantly watch the people around them die. That's Ooh. why I think it's the worst. Because if you're Wolverine and you think back to all, like, legit think of Wolverine's entire timeline, all the people he's lost, all the pain he's gone through, everything that supposedly makes him stronger... No man, that shit sucks. Think, think about that. True. Like, if you could think of, like, think about how you, as a person, you don't have your memories. You finally get them back at one point, and then you realize I've been alive for like two hundred years, and this is my life. I'm this wild animal that they throw at fights because I regenerate, <laughs> and I don't have. But any... That's a lifestyle choice, though. More. That's a, that but is no, take away. Take yeah, away but, that. But, but, take away that. It still sucks because even if he decides to just be a man who lived his life, you can't have partners because you're just going to grow old and watch them die. But no, you but spend you, your whole life doing that. No, but the thing is, I, I agree when you go through your first, like, let's, <clears throat> if you go through your first life cycle, so let's say you go through no, your first 50 years. He that's doesn't going have a first life cycle. No, 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 but I'm He's, saying. <clears throat> he does not die. No, but you're, no, I understand what you're saying, but I'm saying the comparative, right? If you're living forever, right? Because that's the whole concept. If you heal, you're going to. Once you go through the first life cycle, so let's say 70 years where you go through that yeah. and the person fades away, maybe even the second time, yeah. after a while, you'll adapt to that concept. You'll, you'll, Do you? Yeah, because you'll, how, you'll, how you'll you know love that. I've you'll, never done it. You've never done it. I would assume so. <laughs> I, I, that's the thing. I'm not assuming. The only thing I know is that he's a person who's lived for X hundreds of years. He didn't have his memories, which actually helped him at one point because he could, as much as he wanted to have his memories, he lived every day not knowing 
all the loss he had. Then when he does get the memories back, he lives every day realizing he doesn't have anyone in his life anymore. But this, and all the I, people. Can I put a little? Can I put a little like sort of plot hole in this whole Wolverine healing factor thing? The regeneration. His, fact, his regeneration and healing factor can regenerate anything, but his memories. That was always a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. Was, right? The things it always it should be able to regenerate everything. the part of the brain. Yeah, but I know every, that was never well explained. But the things I find that yeah. you're arguing more what's happened in Wolverine's life because, like, let's assume. Well, yeah, because that's why I'm saying. Yeah, yeah but you're saying because you're saying a person because... who, who missed a, a memory, this and that. But if you just had a regular life, still sucks. In, in no scenario is it. I regenerate. I live for X, and the reason I said it, Wolverine is because Wolverine is the best example. But Superman is equally bad. You live an yeah. entire life watching everyone around you grow old and die, and there is nothing you can do, even though you dedicate your life to saving lives. But that's that, just to adaptation. Me seems like, sorry, that's, I feel like that's wow. adaptation. That's a deep torture. That, thank you. Itself. That's to me is what it is. Oh, you always miss people, but you always miss people. Even even living a regular life, there's friend, there's friends that I sure. met at one point in time, or there's people that unfortunately I know passed away that I loved, young and old. I, I will always miss them, but sure. just because that's just but an aspect a, of life. No, it's not. It's different. The aspect of life you're referring to is natural human growth. The aspect of this is I don't die. I live my entire life watching everyone fall away. I don't ever yeah, get the not, sweet release of death myself, well, so I don't have to just live with that. I have to yeah. constantly watch it over and over. I build these emotional connections to people just so that I lose them over and yeah. over. You live your entire it's kinda life. Like, it's kind of like you ever see that. It, and they always touch on that in vampire movies where yeah. after like two, two, two or three centuries, they're just like disconnected. Now they're like, uh nothing matters like you know hmm. nothing matters and you anywhere. become an empty hollow yeah. version of yourself because you have to disconnect yourself from everything so then you so your options are a you hopefully have what wolverine has where you forget most of your life or b like was, a vampire you just end up giving up on everything and you become a hollow shell of a person in which yeah. case you usually just start to kill people because you nothing matters nothing or matters c, anymore yeah or c it, it, it would be hard to find purpose yeah or after, c after living you're for like that long. superman who's this beacon of hope who spends his entire life saving people but one day he's going to watch lois die hmm. she's Man, going to die in we, front of him as much as we like people can be scared of death, there's something about having death hanging over yeah. us that makes life sweeter. You know what I mean? There's like that aspect of it. Like I, I, I'm not saying I want to die tomorrow, but I also no. would not want to regenerate and live forever. Because that to me just That's why you like, try to do everything you can while you're still alive. Exactly. You're still it gives alive. you a purpose. If you, knew you could never die. Yeah. There's no. Purpose. But I feel like it gives you a chance to live every aspect. Like. I don't know. If personally, if it yeah, was how me, how many aspects of life can you? No, it, it gives, gives you a chance to, to live every. Like it gives you a chance to do everything. I, I don't. For, that's why, I, as a person of discovery, I would love. I would like well, that. I would like to thing. learn every. That's why I wish you guys would let me give my three because my three actually apply to this. But okay. I'll, anyways, I'll, so I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give my worst sure. now. My yeah. worst is uh, Gold Balls's power. Okay, Project Balls. Mind you, though, I get to play basketball whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> Project Gold Balls. So that's that's all I'm gonna say. We all know who that is, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. okay, so I don't have to explain I'm, it. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with the lame, and then this because it's lame. It's not necessarily the worst, but it's super lame and it's terrible. Um, Squirrel Girl, controlling squirrels. <laughs> oh yeah, that was my second. Uh, that's terrible. Um, yeah. and in the same line, it's I'm gonna group. Uh, 
Aquaman in this with the whole talking to fish. <laughs> so essentially, you're saying animal control. Yeah, you're talking like any yeah, mental. Right. Well, no, there's a difference because are you saying are you saying animal control or being able to speak? Because animal control would be mm. cool, but just speaking to them is lame. Well, it's just lame, because he. Yes. But you're not just saying speaking to them. You're, you're saying, saying control. Or control? I'm, I'm saying squirrel girl in terms of controlling them is just a lame. Yeah, thing yeah, because it's only squirrels, right? And, that she can do. It yeah. To? Okay, yeah, so that because yeah, exactly. Aquaman's kind of cool in the sense like. Mind you, never not cool on land, but like, yeah. you know, controlling a whale probably is fun. Yeah, <laughs> That's funny. So best? Uh, my yeah, best? Let's go, let's, let's go with best. I'm, uh, simply put, are we allowed to do power sets? Because if it's power sets, it's Superman. Just, you know, just best power. Yeah. <sighs> Being a Kryptonian? <laughs> uh, for me. No, that's, that's not a power. <laughs> yeah. For me, best is time control. Yeah. Which leads to what you were saying about the experience. That's a cop out to no, living forever. Not. Unless you're it's saying you not. could die in your if you could of pause I time. Could die. You know, but you can you can you die during the because I've always assumed when 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 it comes to time travel, I've always assumed this. If the person actually stops time, okay. he's stopping his own aging. No, I was never under that impression. Because like example, when you see cuz like when because you see I, everyone time travel, they, they they don't get old, but if you go into like let's say Dragon Ball Z where they go into that sphere thing yeah they show that they age yeah but like it seems that when people time travel and do everything else they seem not they'll age if they're I'm not talking in their, time travel i myself have the ability to travel through time i'm not going into something i myself as a power can manipulate time that's pretty badass to me that is the best power I agree because the, that's, it's that's a good one. It, if we're not allowed to do power, if I'm not allowed to choose Superman, then yeah, that's it. But I'm the, saying the reason that, I said that is because, and it was great that you made that point. That's why I was like, oh my god, let me just say it now because the point you were making about experiencing everything with time travel, I can actually do that. No, because then you'll grow old and die and not be able to do everything based what off of what you're saying. I have X amount of time to go into the future and experience that. Go into the past. Experience. I get to pick the and pinpoint the moments that I know are important. And because I'm a time traveler or because I can control time so I can pause time, research what the best points in history have been, time travel to those moments and explore and enjoy those moments. No, but I was talking yeah. about I was talking about personal that's, that's discovery tough. though when that, I was that's, saying That's tough. Oh, I, that's I, the thing. I, I'm giving up on personal discovery if I'm a time traveler. Because I, I would like if I was able to live forever, right? Like yeah. back to the argument. Yeah. I would learn probably almost every instrument. I would I if I lived forever, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm changing personalities every 70 years. Yeah. And like I'm an actor now. I'm a this now. I'm a this now. I'll be stupid. I'll be an IT guy for a few years just to like be annoyed. You know, I, I do everything. Buddy, if you can control time, I do still say that as if you control time, you do technically still you would age. Cause it's it's different. If someone puts you in a time loop, you're not controlling that. So you would age naturally, but then you would revert every day. But if I yeah. myself am the one controlling time, I'm the one creating the loop, then I'm still aging. Because so I am the one. You want to be hero from Heroes. It, not him, but that no, but power no, but, set. But, but that power set. Yeah. See, that's, I would. So it, that, yeah, along the same lines of your best, I'm actually going to say that my best is the same in the sense that I would choose invulnerability. Mm-hmm. I can still die and get old yeah. right, by natural causes, yeah. but I would be able to have more courage to go into situations that oh, I that's probably cool. wouldn't yeah. go into. I'm right? torn between. Well, that things. actually is that that gives to your point where you're yeah. saying that like you want to experience and like you'd have the courage to try everything and anything. anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I would cool. still I would still think I would still want that sort of. Um, 
sense of purpose. Yeah. Right? I, okay. I, I don't want to lose that by having something that says I can live forever or, and it's the same reason why I didn't choose telekinesis or telepathy. Yeah. I don't trust myself with those powers. Oh no. I agree. Right? There's, there's, there's the human brain is something that you can never really predict. And yeah. I can't say that I'm going to have that power and I'm just going to use it for good. I don't think I am that, um, I'm not professor X and professor X himself is corrupted by his power oh, in yeah. many ways. Right. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to revert my, I, I would say my, 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 I think the best is actually a lantern ring. Oh, that's a very good one. Yeah. Because that allows me to do. Has a superpower? I guess it is. No, yeah. but yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying, say so. okay, if not a lantern ring, that no, is no, like, no, I absorb it and that's my thing. Mind. That's, that's, no, yeah. I'm saying like, if you're saying the ring is not a power, I'm saying, but you're saying take that, away the power, just the ability me, to create let me do that and do all that because that allows me to do, it would allow me to have anything at my fingertips. Hmm. It allowed me to get anywhere I want to go. It would allow me to explore anywhere I want to go. Yeah. I, I would be essentially invulnerable because I'd have that shield on me all the time. Finally be able to do bungee jumping because I don't trust that shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bungee jumping. Um, and that's it. And now I'll jump in. If we're all done, favorite. I'll jump into my favorites. I think my favorite... It's mind. it's one of the same because I want to say web sling, but it's not going to be web sling. I do teleportation. Mm. I've always been some someone yeah. who's like I want to be there and there for me. just just it's funny. Okay, there. so my favorite is speed for the same reason. This is like, I'm tired because I'm <laughs> you know when you're walking down the street and you're like God damn it. But it, it, just, it, in my case, <laughs> if I have super speed, to me that's the similar thing of like. I want to be somewhere. I can be there. I want to be. I want to go somewhere else. I can go somewhere else. Uh, you know. I. I want to be invisible. You can pretty much be invisible as a speedster because it's just like yeah. it's perception You're just vibrating. Yeah. <laughs> like people have to be able to see you. Like if I can go into a space and I. I mean I don't know that the, that whole flash episode that takes time in the split second where he goes into the hyper time or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about doing that for the rest of my it's life, actually but a really good episode of that. yeah, uh, it is a good episode. But just the idea that speed, with speed, if I learn to control that power and use it better and better, I eventually can tip into the time aspect. But at the same time, I essentially just want the ability to move excessively fast. I think it'd be super yes. cool. Yes, I, I agree. I like that a lot. Yeah. And I was going to choose either one of those for my favorite as well. But I'm going to, since you guys already went for it, I'm just going to go super strength because who doesn't like what you think gets smashed? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, That's why we have rage most... rooms. <laughs> uh, the most rage frustrating rooms? superpower before, to end on a little note here for me is the reality warping one. Oh, yeah. It's frustrating because I always hate when a character has a reality warping that the people whose realities are being warped don't realize the realities are being warped. It's almost House like of a mind M... control aspect that comes with it. It's yeah. yeah. House, House of M was great for that, though. Yeah. But yeah. I understand what you're saying. I, I really do feel that that's a big cheat as a power. Like, I'm just going to yeah. change this reality around you. And you're just going to believe that's yeah, your reality you're going to forget all your memories and just accept <laughs> this new world you're in. Yeah. Have fun. So, it's like, fuck off. Yeah. For me, one, yeah. uh, like, if we're going to do side notes, a, a, a double-edged sword to me mm. would be um, uh, um, Morph or Mystique's power. Because you'd be tempt, oh. you'd eventually over time. I, I always felt because if someone was like this and they weren't controlled, yeah, everyone gets jealous of people, right? I'm assuming that if you were a shapeshifter, you'd eventually be like, you know what? I want that person's life. And if you're crazy enough, you'll kill that motherfucker and just become oh, that course. person yeah. and then fake your own death and become another person, so I, on and I so forth. I think that's a dangerous one because shapeshifting and turning into people all the time, you eventually forget who you are. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. You're just living off the right. lives of other people at that yeah. point. Exactly. All, all right. right, guys. Great solid. segment. That was fun. Great was choices. Fun. And uh, to those listening, if you ever have your best, favorite, worst superpowers, uh, reach out to us 
at Franklin Armstronger, A Strong Franklin, yeah, on Instagram, and I guess Franklin Armstrong Collective on Facebook. Yeah, look us up. All right, all right. Uh, so summary time. See. Our summary and our overall <laughs> thoughts, and I guess our <laughs> ratings, and we're gonna rate things out of five comics or five issues, which ones you guys want to do? Five comics. I'm good. All right. Best out of five after we discuss our final thoughts on this. Did you guys enjoy this? Did you guys like this? What did you not like before I, we finish it? I would suggest this book to any Batman fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would borderline suggest this book to any reader, to be quite honest. Yeah. Uh, I think it's excessively strong. Uh, we'll throw out the bias out there. I, as If anyone who's a, a constant listener or anyone who's new, uh, Deadpool and Batman are my cup of tea. There are my biases, so take that into consideration. But this is something that... I want it. I'm now going to look for it at any Comic-Con convention to just get it. I want it. Period. Mm. Uh, For me, I enjoyed this a lot. Um, In the whole DC universe, I mean, Batman is obviously, unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) most people will say he's their favorite and he's definitely mine. And any good, well-told Batman story, I'm always up for. And this is up there with, it's not in my top 10, uh, there are a ton of Batman stories out there, like the Halloween or mm-hmm. Hush, mm-hmm. Um, even the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, Court of Owls. There are a ton of Batman stories Red out there Hood that are really well done, well written. And actually, those are a lot of those are canon. Um, yeah. This one definitely sits outside of the lore a little bit, yeah. which is what also makes it interesting. And if we're going to talk about rehashing things in terms of movies and TV shows and stuff like that, this is a great example of how you can do that. Yeah, You have an original idea do something else with it yeah. but still give us that same feeling of the original mm-hmm. and this one does a good job of doing that i would say going in i was very jaded about anything batman related i really was i really was side note never never overdose on something before yeah. talking well, about it's it true, right too much Doc. of anything's a bad thing and i guess that's the thing what i, I think I think what helped you here, though, is the fact that we didn't actually start with the Batman side of things. We went into the Harley and Joker start really because that's the really the most important part of this whole um, White Knight story. Right. Yeah, I I really do believe that if you are looking for if you are a Harley Quinn uh, fan, which a lot of people are, she's a very popular character right now. They're doing the whole movie things, Birds of Prey and her side story with the Joker and all that stuff. A lot of people are focused on her. But if you want a story that shows what a strong intelligent harley looks like this is the story to read because all the other versions of harley you're getting are crazy and wild and you know just kind of running amok and taking care and i'm the joker's sidekick or i'm not the joke whereas this one is i'm dr harleen kunzel i'm a highly intelligent person who can manipulate anything i want even batman and that makes for a very very good read so it as, did absolutely yeah, as much as i was burnt out on batman for a minute this actually talking about this has mm-hmm. helped because uh, i i enjoyed it a and, lot and the stack on your harley it's helped you forget about gotham a bit oh it has it really has <laughs> it, it, it it's replaced my last impression of batman so that's good <laughs> to stack on your harley comment that your your like zaniness not being yeah. being off kilter that would be the current harley run um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm connect, I'm collecting that, and honestly, it's the only re- the reason like why it hasn't while, been though. taken off my pull yes pull list yet is because I have all the issues. I'm one of those people yeah. who are like, can you cancel this series just so I could say I have it all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I know it's not going to be canceled because she's way too popular. But I, popular. I can't I can't even read it anymore though. It's it's one of those things when you're reading, you're like, you're so f- 
off. Although recently they had one where she was brought to Apocalypse mm. and she was tried to be made one of uh, the the girl like the you know they have that yeah the, that, that group of mother women. grandmother or whatever has yeah, like mother her, mayhem mother mayhem has her little group there and she's one of them. I'm yeah. like that was cool, but then you came back to Earth and it's just so bad. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um. So All right, out of five, five comics. I'll, I'll, I'll let I'll let the most undecided person or the most jaded person go first. Three point five. Three point five. Uh, it uh, and and only because I I am t- taking away points for how do I explain it? Because I it, it, some of the things that I love about it are also some of the things that drove me a little crazy. Uh, I I think one of the things that I really wanted was I, I, I and, and there's nothing wrong with it. And I guess I should maybe even I should say four four on five. I, the fact that this is supposed to be the Joker's opportunity to be the White Knight, and it felt mm. like he was just another he might as well have been one of the puppets that was being controlled by Clayface, took it away a little bit from me because I really did okay. want to see what happens if Jack is off the drug is on the drugs. Sorry, I should say, mm-hmm. and is running. And he and like, what's his motivation? And don't get me wrong, Harleen Quinzel was amazing. I like I said, I loved what she did. She manipulated everyone, but it just goes one step further in the sense that she was as bad as Neo Joker, who was manipulating everyone with Clayface. There's there was just a whole bunch of manipulation. It would have been cool to see what White Knight Jack Napier could have been without being manipulated. Yes. Could he still? Would he still be the hero? Would he still stand up? Could he still have that kind of positive relationship with Harley? Could he have that positive relationship with the city? I'll never know because he was always just being manipulated. And by the time the manipulation comes to an end, he reverts back to the Joker. So we literally never got to see what Jack Napier was like on his own. It's it's interesting because I almost feel like that said, I feel like Jack Napier is a creation of Harley's and maybe there's a third personality in there somewhere. Yeah, for all we know. The the original is just not there anymore. Yeah. But he's there. Four four comics on five. Oh, wow. Okay. Um. Now I'm my rating is gonna be a little lower than you guys only because I there are a ton more Batman stories out there that are just as well if not better written but this one is still up there for me. Hmm. I'm gonna give it a three out of five with some recommendations of where to start in addition hmm. to this one. Uh, Batman Year One, Batman the Long Halloween, uh, Batman the Killing Joke. If you want to go into oh, a Joker story, very good. Batman Hush. And Bla- even the Black Mirror series that I read recently is really good. And Batman Earth One, I would say start with those ones. Okay. In addition to this one. But three out of five is really good. It's just my rating because I know there are a ton more out there that I don't want people to just think this is what Batman is. Batman is a lot of things. And the ones I just listed are going to show you all those different sides of Batman. I would right. definitely say read Batman Hush. Yeah. That is a That's a great story. one. Yeah. And that Long Halloween is amazing. Yeah. Long Halloween, um, yeah. I I mine's gonna be different than you guys. Uh, I'm not doing a comparison of what's out there because uh, I'm not. I'm I, this book never took the stance that this is what Batman is. This is a a, a alternate yeah. re, alternate reality. Elseworld, and yeah. as as an alternate reality, as it stands on its own, uh, I think it hits all the points of what you what it went for. Uh, I think it went on all the points to create a surprise to create, as you mentioned several times, Toby, uh, a usual suspect scenario. Uh, for me. I won't lie, my 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 uh, ratings also biased because of what I, the fact that I love Batman, but it's also excessively biased because this this book answered a lot of my questions that I've had for Batman, but it's also all the references that they got were a lot of references to to Batman things I love. 
Like I yeah. love all the references. I there was times I literally put down the book. I'm like, I cannot believe you did it again. So with that being said, I'm actually putting I'm putting on five because I could I could reread this. That's great. I re- I reread this right after. I read it. I get I get why you would do that. Um, the only reason, like I said, I, I didn't mind a three out of five. It's because I I don't know if it's for a first time reader, and I kind of want the first time reader to get an a better idea of who Batman is before really getting into this Joker side of the story. And that's also why I included the killing joke, so you can see Joker as it's like his one of his most insanest. Agreed. Right. Agreed. So, well, I mean, um, it having an average of four is perfectly fine with me as well. You know, like exactly. that's what's happening. So, and uh, and yeah. So again, well, like. Again, maybe I agree with Toby. Maybe it's hard for a first-time reader, but for me, that's that's just how it is. Only because it's not canon, a lot of it, right? Yeah. Well, no, but again, alternate reality. It's it's just like how when on when we were talking about Venom on uh, Geek Tastic, I I said this was a great movie. It wasn't a great Venom movie. Mm. Same thing. Like this is a great tale. It's not. It's not a great. It's not necessarily a great "quote unquote" Batman story because obviously it's a, an alternate reality with a bunch take, of changes. It takes some liberties and yeah. change things around. But yeah. with that Absolutely. being said, it's still an amazing. It's movie. a great story as a standalone. Yeah. Yep, agreed. All okay, right, yeah. guys. Cool. That's it. That's all. Nice seeing you, gents, again. It was always. A, it's yeah, always it fun. fun. Back from uh, summer camp, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so make sure you guys check us out on frankandarmstrong.com. If you guys want to follow us on our social media, that's also all available on frankandarmstrong.com. But on Twitter and Instagram, it's at a strong Franklin. On Facebook, we go under facebook.com slash franklin armstrong d-o-t-c-o-m also make sure to check out squared-idea.com for anything dave related the guys are working on a whole bunch of wonderful comic books and you guys should be checking all of their titles out the team's gotten quite large yep. i saw you guys are up to six or we're seven? up to five five people five and we have at least five we have five books that we're currently working on and then we have a bunch of mini stuff uh mike's actually uh mike wilcox shout out to him is making kind of like a coffee table book he's oh, he's, cool. he's starting to do those types of things and That's he has awesome. a, he has a i don't want to give it away because i know he's going to end up being on one of the shows i'll let him talk about it, yeah. but uh some interesting funny stuff with that awesome and uh tobes you want to tell the people anything um folks follow me on instagram at that fit dude that's everything, yo. Where do they follow you? Merck underscore Witta. That's W-I-T-T-A underscore mouth. There you go. And our next issue that we'll be doing is Black, written by Kwanzaa Osejiefo, uh, art by Tim Smith III and Jamal Eagle. It came out in about 2016, and we're going to be reviewing that one on the next issue of that's canon. So you guys make sure you read up on that. There's six issues out, and uh, there's I think there's going to be actually a Black two that's going to be coming out but make sure you read the first run from 2016 guys that's it that's all i'm brian holiday on instagram thank you for tuning into the show peace 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 y'all deuces